0: faith i had a girl named faith she cheated on me with a girl named chastity <laughs> yeah. that's uh tom sizemore rest his soul rest in peace yep um from red planet the geneticist yeah he was the scientist character which is very interesting casting for
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> right? for a character like that yeah uh, that's what i thought too i i i cuz they do the car- well we'll get into it but you know they they do the the things. I didn't realize who he was when they got on the planet. I kind of forgot his title. Yeah. And then they had that conversation. I was like, "Really? Like him?"
0: Right? You know? yeah.
1: They they like put they it in there almost like, "Oh,
0: by the way, in case you forgot this guy is a scientist." Cuz you know, they have him say stuff about like mathematics and shit. Yes. Or something we'll like it. that. We'll yeah. get into
1: it. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll
0: get into it cuz there's Yes. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll
1: talk about we'll it, man. We'll talk
0: about it. Um, so do we have to do our names? I would I was just going to. Oh, you almost you beat me to the punch. I'm Kyle, by the way. And I'm Mac. This is episode 50. Yes. Of what the a Neon Crew podcast, episode 50. So, I've been thinking about this for quite some time just like episode 50 so in addition to the questions that we got I also have a couple questions that I will ask at the end of the Q&A segment just to kind of talk about the podcast itself and like just get our thoughts on certain things
1: you know yeah just like different ideas and and all that awesome that'll be sweet because I got the same I caught gruff from a couple people about just doing movies for F 50 yeah and uh, I was like, well, I hadn't thought about that. So, you know, <laughs> right. STFU.
0: Right? We'll do what we want. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I guess one thing that uh, I'm curious about that I'll ask right off the bat is, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy doing this. Just to take a moment to get sentimental. Yeah. I enjoy the fact that we are able to do something like this and that we have a handful of listeners that tune in consistently every time we put one out and check out our content on various platforms and i'm just really glad that i'm able to do this with you
1: yeah same no i agree this is one of the things that we have a routine built up now and it's something that i appreciate so i mean you know i not necessarily the every other sunday aspect but it's every other monday i love and the fact that we get to talk about movies and it's a nice engaging conversation that you can have with other people too. Exactly. You know, and besides ourselves, you know, I'm sure that you've got to, you know, develop some more relationships with talking to people about movies that probably hadn't thought about you as a movie. I don't want to say critic, just, uh, just a connoisseur, I guess.
0: Yeah. In, in risk of sounding like a bit of a neckbeard when I use that word, but <laughs> you know, someone who loves to dabble in the art of film and, and, I feel like this podcast specifically and like us watching all the movies that we have has helped me feel more confident in my ability to talk to other people about movies and just art in general and thinking about it in a critical way and I like that we can both have that sort of thing going for us because we've been not just with the podcast but we've been talking about movies for like what four years probably oh yeah close to that yes like, even before we started this, we would just meet up every other week at a restaurant and just shoot the shit about whatever. I mean, we're we're really not doing anything too different from what we used to do. It's just that we're no longer getting food. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're sitting in front well, of microphones. I was about to say,
1: you know, it's one of those things where, uh, well, at, you know, at the place that we both used to work won't be named no plug there um <laughs> anti-plug yeah but i mean it was one of the things that we we both enjoy talking about and we both there was a there was some good uh resonation between what each of us would say and we both made each other think and there was good you know it's one of those things where you find someone that it's good to talk with about you know things and and that that's what i mean that's really how it started with the movies you know and now you're right i mean we, we're just doing it in a different venue
0: yeah yeah absolutely um Gonna, i was gonna mention this because last week um or i guess not last week but like two weeks ago you mentioned that right before we started recording you were like all right time to get into character you know just that sort of thing yes and it kind of resonated with me a little bit just the different way we kind of present ourselves when we're recording versus like when we're just shooting the shit outside of it and i i wanted to ask you if you feel almost the same way i do about it is like do you almost feel like a Not maybe not an obligation, but like a sense of oh, I have to like
1: amp myself up a little bit in order to record. I was about to say I won't lie. Um, I like to do an energy drink before we go. Mm -hmm. And when I say like it's time to get into character, I think it's more so I don't want to seem that we're we're, we come off as completely different because I don't think that's necessarily the case. No, not at all. You know, Uh, I think it's more so in terms of all right, like. We've done a little bit of research. We've watched these things. You've developed some thoughts, like get into that mode of we're talking about movies for two hours. So it is a little different as opposed to just being at a uh, uh, like a dinner or just hanging out, you know?
0: Yeah, because like there's a weird notion of, of the idea of people listening to this. So I have to make sure that I say the right thing and mean what I mean. And try to be as accurate to the conversation as possible. Because if yeah. I if I slip up and make a mistake, it's like, oh, boy, you're not the only one listening to me make this mistake. Yeah, like, It's many other people doing it.
1: I guess I, I'm not too... I don't ever get that, that... I never get too concerned with that aspect. I've said some things on here that I don't remember saying sometimes. And people will ca- call me out. Oh, same. I barely remember a lot of the stuff that I say. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I said it, I meant it. Um... Yeah, so I don't. It's, you know, it's more so of just like making sure my opinion gets across, and that there are times where I feel like there are movies that are unjustly um, dignified, like in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's making sure that it comes across if people are listening. It's like check this film out because like don't just take away what you've heard from other people. You know, I like to make sure that. Yeah, while you're listening to our opinion, develop one for yourself. Because once you do that and you watch a film, I mean, it opens you up to a lot more talking points than just what mouth breathers do when they just take it in, you know, fucking sit there, let it go into their brain, don't soak any of it up, don't marinate at all, and just walk away. I mean, that's why you've got a a lot of people that watch a lot of bad films and just don't care. Because it's more so like... um, You know, just how do I pass time as opposed to critically thinking about something? Yeah. And the two movies we're going to talk about today aren't very critically thinking movies. (laughs) No. You know what I'm saying, (laughs) right? If we're going to sit here and have a discussion about it, and it's been, it's going to be fun, and I, it's opened me up. I mean, me and my brother have been talking two days in a row about uh, one of the films. You know, I can
0: maybe guess which one.
1: You might be able to, yeah.
0: Maybe, yeah. Yeah. We'll see see how it goes. Yeah. I guess one thing I specifically worry about sometimes is, especially when I am in, like, recording mode, air quotes, Mm -hmm. is that I never want to feel like I'm not being myself or being disingenuous in any way with the way I present myself or the way I talk about certain things. Because there is some, like, level of, uh, like, a heightened sense of self when i do record i feel like and Mm -hmm. especially when i make like the solo videos or something like that to put on youtube yeah um but i always want to make sure that i'm being authentic so oh yeah i think it i think you're at least thank you yeah i appreciate
1: that (laughs) and if mac parker is one thing he is authentic yes Uh, that's what i was about to say you'll get the you pretty much get the same me as if we were talking somewhere. I think I mean it's like both of us, you know. Yeah. You just do a better job of being like the host of the podcast. Like, I, don't know I will about say that. I will say that. Well, I I
0: want to mention too when we record on days where I don't work, yeah. I feel like I'm better able to contribute to conversations and to think about what I'm going to say in the next sentence versus when I do work because I feel very tired. I don't have as much energy. I'm working off much less sleep well now you know how actors feel dude i know right <laughs> especially kilmer and sizemore speaking of actors that's a good segue into a uh news story that Ooh. i want to cover so a few episodes ago we talked about the writer's strike and oh, yes how we were going to see where that was going to progress into Well the strike is still going and not only is it still going the sag union has decided to join the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. Right. So SAG being the Screen Actors Guild. Yes. And basically what that means is most television and movie actors are a part of that guild. And because they have agreed to also go on strike with the WGA, that means that a lot of movie productions are going to be put on hold. Movies will still get released if they had been filmed and edited and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like post production's pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. But that means that actors are unable to do press events for movies. They can't do interviews. They can't attend premieres for films. And they can't even do things outside of movie and film that would qualify as, like, media entertainment. For example, like, the guys on Always Sunny. Mm -hmm. They have a podcast called The Always Sunny Podcast. Right. And they can't do their podcast Even if it's just them, like independent of FX or whatever studio they have that's head of Always Sunny, you know. yep. They can't even do that because mostly it's a solidarity thing, but also because they're a part of the union and they don't want to break the union rules. Right. So once the union agrees to the strike, a lot of actors, even if they don't fully agree with what's going on with the strike, which I don't know why they wouldn't because... They're well
1: that's Cranson said it best on a podcast one time. He's like, "You get a good writer, it's like giddy up. right. And they're and probably like, all right, you know, and I, I
0: remember that him saying that exact same thing. so yeah. i I don't doubt that most actors would like wouldn't disagree with the uh, the WGA and like why they're striking. like I think they would agree with them and like stand with them in solidarity. so it makes sense that they're also striking, kind mm-hmm. of showing those studios, hey, you can't really you can't really treat these people unfairly and not have consequences for, they, for this meant like this amount of time. Yeah. And also one thing that we didn't mention before too, is not only are the streaming service revenues like a big part of that, but also there's a lot of concern with AI and chat GBT and as the thought of re- writers being replaced by AI instead of just being used as a tool for them. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole big concern. So there's, that's a big development with it and um the studios guild i forget exactly what they're called it's like some acronym uh they are you know they're, they're they say they're open to negotiations and to ending the
1: strike but it's still going on so well i guess we'll see where it goes i was about to say i bet you what will happen is um some some studio probably not a major one because they probably got enough things like lined up to last like x amount of time Mm -hmm. you know it's even even you know the big thing would probably be when the bubble hits of the difference between writers and actors not doing anything versus when they get kind of close to all right we have to have that next film that is in production lined up to go out Mm -hmm. um that's that that they have that buffer time to figure it out. So I bet you, like, a mid tier studio company tests AI with chat GBT or whatever and comes up with some script and finds some actors that aren't a part of the guild, you know, and they might figure out, all right, how can we get these things out? We'll build because, you know, I mean, it's like actors too. You got to think it's kind of like uh, any sort of, of talent line coming through. Like, there's another set ready to come up that they can pluck from now are they gonna be as recognizable no but that's how you get names out there i mean a lot of times when people start out you know you don't just get thrust into a big role but this could happen and if they see some success with this that's when you'll probably see all right um you know those negotiations break down or some of the the talent between the writers and the actors having to take a step back or not take a step back but think rethink negotiations, you know? Yeah. And we're kind of already
0: seeing some of that with, um, there was one movie studio. I forget what it was. I think it might've been Warner brothers, but I'm not a hundred percent Yeah. where they had mentioned that they're already starting to implement AI technology when it comes to extras and background actors, or they're yes. at least wanting to, I don't That's know if what you read I, about that
1: a little bit. Uh, that was one of the, I, I only, I read that, uh, Killian Murphy and, uh, Margot Robbie both stepped out of their premieres. Yeah, they they walked away from it. Um, like they showed up and then walked like went away. I don't know. I think how. they they showed up.
0: They stayed for an hour and then they pretty much left when the time for sh- the strike. strike. Yeah, when yeah. it came into effect. Yep. Uh. So they they just left when that time came.
1: Yeah. So I I I've seen a little bit that they were trying to implement that stuff. It makes it it's it's peculiar because I've seen some of the AI stuff hit with some of the. Like, a Tom Cruise, there was, like, one short reel that I saw that had, a you know, Tom Cruise, and he, it sounded like Tom Cruise, looked like Tom Cruise, and he was doing a, uh infomercial thing with, like, some, you know, degreaser. Yeah. And it was, like, 30 seconds, but I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is... But then it gets into name, image, and likeness. Like, you can't... You just... You know, at what point is it where it's that's not Tom Cruise, but it is Tom Cruise? Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where AI is still like it's very
0: new, at least with the way that it's being implemented. And there's stuff about it that's still janky. You can still tell a lot of it is AI, but it'll have to reach a point where consumers have to be in charge of what they decide they value. So, for example, if I watch a movie and I think, oh, that was a decent movie, you know, that was okay, like kind of cookie cutter, but it was well executed for the most part. And then someone comes up to me and says, hey, no humans were involved in making this movie. This movie was AI generated. Mm -hmm. I can have the absolute right to sit back and say, well, I don't like this movie anymore because now I know that this wasn't made by people and I want to consume something that was made by a human being, not something that was made by a machine and a soulless studio, which I mean, you could argue that some of the movies we get now are kind of of that similar ilk. That's where you're going to get into some of that fine line shit. Right. But I think when it comes down to consumer responsibility, I think that a lot of what's going to happen is that people are just going to have to decide what they want for themselves. And hopefully the market will speak to that. And whatever happens happens for the best. But... It's kind of early to tell with that sort of stuff right now, I mean, so we'll see where it goes.
1: at the, At the end of the day, you have the. I think the problem that's going to happen with it is that you're going to have to have human reactions, human interactions, and just and maybe if there's enough data points plugged into some fucking computer, they could t- create that emotion for to have it switch over. But I just don't know if you'd have that so i think what you'd have is a pretty stale movie exactly you know and honestly we just watched two movies that if you told me they were ai generated with the actors i'd probably believe it so like (laughs) you know like (laughs) that's what you'll see and that's what i think is gonna happen is like talent's talent you know you can't you can't replace it now the the writing with the thoughts and the creativity like that's where i get a little nervous because i've read some of the interactions on chat gpt Mm -hmm. and there was one, there was one that I read that was just a guy that wanted to say that the lottery was created to uh, catch time travelers. Mm-hmm. And the the thing created an article. It was like a, you know, it was like six paragraphs that I read through or pro- probably two paragraphs. But I was like, oh, wow, like that's interesting. Yeah. You know, and that's where, that's where you kind of run with it is like, let's take some of these ideas. Like, like, let's make a movie about the lottery was created to catch time travelers. You might be able to get, the big points of that created by the computer, but like the filler stuff, the how do how would humans react to yeah, that? Yeah, like you the know?
0: characterizations. Yeah,
1: and character I, development. That's what's going to be human emotion. Exactly, because that you know that's one of the things where because of variability of life and human interactions where. It just depends on your emotions and where you're at. And you could plug in a million different things. But, like, if Randy has a fucking idea where he wants to, you know, like, I'm pissed off, he might get an epiphany two seconds later of, you know what? I've done this in the past. I need to grow from this. need to learn. Step away. Cool down. Right? Mm -hmm. But on a computer, it might say, Randy's pissed off. He stays pissed off. So that's what you lose with some of the stuff. So it'll be interesting. And I think it really does. Like you said, consumers consuming. You know, it's going to really be up to us. And I think my fear is more so that we have people that really could care less about um, human emotions in some of the films. Yeah, that's the thing where you
0: get into like the sort of murkiness of it. And we kind of alluded to it earlier where like it kind of feels like some of the movies coming out might be AI generated and are just a product of a soulless corporation where. some of those movies do make money, but I think this year specifically, we're starting to see that kind of falter a little bit because you got movies like Indiana Jones that are fucking tanking. Oh, you've is it? You've got uh, Pixar's Elemental, which didn't make nearly as much money as they wanted. Fucking right. Black Adam, The Flash. Like you've got all these like different soulless corporate studio head movies that well, don't feel like they have a voice behind them, and they're not making money.
1: You know what it will turn into mm. is the the middling tier. The the ones that aren't successful, or are ones that want to go into like cost effectiveness, DC maybe, they'll find ways to incorporate AI. They'll deal with the backlash of actors not wanting to work from them, knowing that they cited on uh, going with you know the cheap way out, and then you'll have your big studios that can afford to get. The big names mm-hmm. that'll and they'll pay up to have those big names, and that's why they'll stay up there. I mean, it, this really could be a a, a win for actors because I mean, if you get into cost effective mode, now Brad Pitt's name goes into demand, right? Because mm-hmm. there's less people in the market to say, "Hey, I want Brad Pitt," so he's got less people to. Ch- well, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be the other way around. No, I don't know because I think I kind of
0: get what you mean. It's like the idea that a real actor and a real voice behind the movie almost becomes a commodity in yes, a sense.
1: Yes, exactly. Like they, yes, that's and now it's not four different studios trying to compete for them. Now you got two, so the actor has a little bit more leverage on choosing what he wants because he's. And honestly, I mean, if you're if you're a big name actor, you might be a higher commodity draw more money than other peoples and you might get it. I mm. mean, it's kind of like why some of these films in the in the 2000s got made. yeah it was just because of we had to get a name attached to it. You know, I don't know if that I don't know if that's where we're at now. I think there's so much media out there, and that's why you probably see a little bit of both. In my opinion, you'll find that the studios that are willing to shave off some bucks and deal with some of the shittier stuff and they'll reach more eyes, but they won't draw an- a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and so-
0: you still got like a good amount of people who want like a director's voice specifically behind a movie. Like you've got people who are into Quentin Tarantino and. Uh, James Cameron, fucking Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. like these big name directors that you know, if if a studio implements AI, you're not really going to have much in the way of a director's voice in that movie. And I think a lot of people do enjoy those movies because they have that name behind
1: them. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think that there's, we'll see. I mean, I think there's, there's going to be a, I think what this will do is break up a lot of the, I think of some of the stuff that we're seeing and really kind of silo some of these projects or these films and and you'll know who's behind you know hey we we just like the big ideas from chat gpt and then we have some guys come in and fill it up fill up the script you know and you'll be able to tell with that stuff versus someone that comes in and sits down and spends two months writing something or a month Mm -hmm. writing it and yeah you know our passion projects behind directors because i mean the other thing too is you're going to have directors that are going to want to work with guys that are talented and i mean like think about like if this does kind of create a rift Imagine being a director that's like I'm going to go with the AI side and deal with like that stuff and not have as many extras and we can get these guys in here. Actors are going to know, screenwriters are going to know, and you might not want to attach yourself with his name, knowing the antics or what he stands for, or what he's about, mm-hmm. you know. And it'll be curious because I think eventually down the road there will be some sort of common ground. Yeah, usually what happens out of these things.
0: And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to like give people the impression that I'm like. anti-AI or anything like that because I think it could be used as a very useful tool Mm -hmm. for people who either have like a disability like someone with dyslexia if they have an AI assist tool that helps them fill in the gaps of like what they might have missed or different letters that they could have implemented that were wrong Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea or like even from the standpoint of like AI possibly fixing continuity errors in the script that you wrote Mm -hmm. so like Uh, It can go through the like a complete script that you have written up and it can point to this and say like, hey, this contradicts what happens earlier in the story. Do you want to fix this? And you can go back and fix it. I think that would be a really useful tool for screenwriters and people who want to get into that, that necessarily don't have like the capability or, you know, just helping them out in general to ensure a better quality product.
1: 100%.
0: But the issue does come when studios want to use ai to just replace writers altogether and just well take the human element out of it you
1: know this it it could be something that's been Coming to a head, everyone. I mean, I don't want to say everyone's seen it, but now, I mean, now it's been thrust here. So I'm sure it's probably actually good timing because I feel like the 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 screenwriters' guild, right? Mm-hmm. Like their contract just kind of came up, their collective bargaining agreement. Like this wasn't a strike because AI came in. It just happens to be fortunate timing, right? And that was part of the initial.
0: Uh, arguments that they had. A lot of it did have to do mostly with streaming and the kind of residuals that they weren't receiving because of yes. that sort of thing. But AI was tossed in there. That's
1: what I'm saying. I mean it just and I feel like the now that it's becoming more prevalent, actors are starting to kind of see it. Cause I read, you know, it, you know, you got a lot of people that get paid that are career jobbers mm-hmm. you know they live out there and they they have a with their apartment and probably not malibu but somewhere decent and they go to set to set and they're in the background and that's how they make their living hopefully one day they get their name called and imagine you walk in there one day and it's like hey gary like don't need you mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're getting replaced like you know i could see them the ones that are above them understanding that plight now do i necessarily know no i don't know because i also had the thought that killian murphy realizes that you can create all he has to do is read off some lines and they can photo generate his whole body into something like he might just be like, "Yeah, as long as you give me the money, I'm good." Yeah, you know, and and who knows? So who knows? Um, I think we're in a good position to kind of see how it all plays out. 100. So. Yes, I. I'm, I'm curious. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen with with where we're going at. I mean, Terminator. We're getting closer and closer to uh, Terminator. Well, speaking
0: of sci-fi. Oh. That's a good segue. I think so. Into one of the movies we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I kind of want to talk about Mission to Mars first.
1: Yeah, that w- I'm.
0: Yes. So let me look Stoked. up some info about that. Did you want to do this or did you want to do Red Planet? It literally doesn't matter to me which. It one. doesn't. I'm
1: gonna do Mission to Mars. Okay, uh, I will do Mission to Mars. I was kind of thinking I was gonna do Red Planet, but um, you know, the more the more I think about it, the more I've realized that uh. This all kicked off with Mission to Mars. It did. So, I mean, um yeah, I'll talk about that. I had a uh, so in case anyone's wondering, uh I had a I had a business trip. I went down to Chattanooga, and I was on a plane ride and you know, um trying to fill like those empty calorie movies that you talk about something that just can ease my anxiety a little bit being on a plane and i thought oh perfect i haven't seen this one i don't remember what it's about i can't remember because i you know there's been four freaking mars movies that came out couldn't remember what one it was and i was like i'm gonna i gotta i gotta watch this again don't remember anything about it so this Mm -hmm. would be nice you know childhood movie i know it's an easy one to take down um and it blew me away so uh Mission to Mars uh came out in the year two thousand, directed and I couldn't fucking believe this. Directed by Brian De Palma.
0: I know. I looked at his name and I was like, he's very familiar sounding. What did he do? And of course, like Scarface, the first mission impossible, like this dude has yes. made a name
1: for himself. Yeah. It, yes. <laughs> Wild! <laughs> I didn't know that the first time I saw it, I just, i didn't even look at the director. I was like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. Like I just watched. It. I was more in awe of what I just watched, right? You know. And uh, so I, the, when I watched rewatched it, I saw De Palma pop up. I was like, no fucking way! Mm-hmm. Um, starring Gary Sinise as uh, Jim McConnell, Tim Robbins as Woody Blake, Don Cheadle as Luke Graham, uh, Connie Nielsen's Terry Fisher, and uh, Jerry O'Connell as Phil Olmeyer. Uh, the movie oh Meyer. oh my oh my oh my. oh um so the movie is essentially about um it opens up at the party and and, and it's kind of silly um you know they got some really zany music going on it seems like everyone's having kind of a good time there's some really cheesy dialogue going along uh some real weird like Characterization or character development? There's a lot right of right at the beginnings. Very expositionary. It, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, not in a very uh, organic way. Not for like the plot, but just like the characters. Yeah, you're supposed to get a, an idea about who they are and their their friendships and all that, and you really. It's, it's like, oh, Jim, I'm sorry about your wife. Yeah. Oh, cancer sucks, man. Yeah, I'm so sorry she died a year and a half ago. God, she would have loved. To be there because you guys started this thing. Sucks they had to pull you off the mission, man. I would have liked to have you in
0: my my right seat. Yeah,
1: like oh okay, I guess we're just going into it. And then you know Gary sneezes, just staring off in the distance, about like trying to cry, can't cry. And they're like, he looks affected, but I don't know if he's like ready to just punch someone or you know. Anyway, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, so they get to Mars. You get to Mars, and uh there is the exciting incident right there boom huge huge storms going on this wind tunnel comes up it's killing people left and right and now there's a rescue mission to mars uh in which jim mcconnell and woody blake are heading and they got to get to mars to save their buddy luke um and it just spirals from there and uh yeah quite literally spirals from there oh my god
0: spoilers for uh mission to mars Tim Robbins body spiraling towards Mars (laughs) (laughs) halfway through the movie. One thing I could not believe about this movie besides like the fucking exposition and besides like the janky ass character development or lack thereof, I should say is uh, the fact that they don't get to Mars. They technically don't get to Mars until like, (laughs) like
1: 75% through the movie. Dude, it's the third act. It's the weirdest. I didn't realize it the first time. So it's, it, really they land on mars and they they kind of black out and they come to right it's like the start of the third act so they run in they see don i I didn't pick up on it until i recently just watched it and i was like what the fuck Uh, and not to say you know anytime that new acts are starting they don't necessarily transition or go to black right Mm. but there's normally like an event happens that kind of signifies all right, some times pass we're on to the next you know act yeah Uh, so they get into the thing they start talking with Luke he's gone insane he's only been on Mars for four months but it's enough to you know give you a split personality they figure it out they all kind of come down they let him know what's going on they go to black again to come back because he's shaved yeah it's fucking weird they they I feel like we may be getting ahead
0: of ourselves but I do want to talk about that how like the sense of time in this movie is so fucking weird because... Very bizarre. I thought, like I like you said, I thought it was like only four months, but then I thought they said something about like it being a year. Like he said, oh, I've been trapped on Mars for a year or something like that.
1: Could have been. I got some interesting facts about all this that will tie in because both movies... It's, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I, it's just like you said it's very fucking weird and cliche how he's been gone for a period of time stranded and the automatic thing for his character to become is oh crazy fucking hermit that would just attack anything that
1: comes to him i found oh found this website doing my research and uh so I, I got some of this stuff pulled up i wanted to save it just in case we started talking about it yeah i, I took a lot of notes so. uh so it's like some sort of it. it's really fun because what it is it's like it's um it's uh, bad astronomy. So it's like what they do is they kind of watch these science films and they'll poke holes at a lot of the plot devices or what's going on. Yeah. And uh, so I, there's there's a whole bunch of shit in here where it's like the bad, bad, bad. Oh, yeah, this you movie know? would
0: get an F on the accuracy scale.
1: Well, so one of and the, one of the guys is like, and, and it's not that psychology fits in, but they're like. It's pretty implausible that this guy spent four months. The astronauts are designed to be like in solitary confinement. Like they really work on the psychology behind that in the in in the training, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they can deal with events that were to happen that they could they could go about this, you know, you know, sedentary lifestyle, if you will, or rudimentary lifestyle where it's just kind of every day I got to do one task. You know, and the Martian does a great job of that when Matt Matt Damon's on there. Yeah. So they're like, for him to go insane over just this brief period of time to fucking forget like everything is insane. Not only that, I had an issue with Sinise, who's trying to talk him out of it, going you read Treasure Island to your son. At no point does Luke tell him he's reading Treasure Island. We, as the audience, know. Right. Because he does the weird, like, I'll still read to you, bud. You uh-huh. know? Like, I'll read every day, and you read every day, and then we're still good, right? Yeah, Dad. Who the fuck knows that Denise knows that? Right. Like, what guy comes up and tells the other guy, hey, I'm reading this book to my kid? I
0: can't believe. You're not going to believe what I'm reading to my kid. <laughs>
1: Like, and then <laughs> that is just, fucking weird he just drops it on him, and that's what he goes. Oh, that's right. I do have a family, and I'm I, like, oh yeah. I guess I'm not crazy anymore. Wow, you really do know me. Yeah. Now there's Terry, and there's Phil. Wait, where's
0: Woody? What fucks me up is like, I guess they could have maybe, uh, like you said, like training as an astronaut. He's supposed to be, you know, strong-willed, mentally capable. He's supposed to be able to like keep his mental faculties in a way that. Most normal people, maybe not necessarily, like would have been able to, you know. But what fucks me up is at the beginning of the movie when they're on Mars and they see the fucking tornado monster attacking everybody. Don Cheadle looks like the most emotionalist fucking thing in that whole scene they all do he looks mildly annoyed that his fucking teammates are just getting murdered Kyle. by this fucking alien tornado fucking
1: mars thing no one well he's with two russian people who uh-huh. god knows what you know <laughs> you got the one chick uh who it was a, um oh there was the other guy that was there the one that was trying to get laid before he went and then he had the the wife and the husband yeah the, russian like scientist. the, hot, the hot shot guy yeah yeah and um yeah, Cheeto's just watching it. I he love just his. looked he's, so
0: confused the entire time. He didn't he, look scared or frightened at all. He was just like, "What? He, what is this?" He looked like you you asked him like what his Bible retreat was like, and he doesn't remember a thing about he's it. He's just
1: getting covered with rocks, just staring at it, and like complete, like not even like horrified. Like you'd think that you'd be in a right? little bit of shock or like, <laughs> no, what, like. Like, what? it like you like you can't process it? Like, he's kind of processing it, but it's more in the scientific nature. Like, not like, oh, hey, everyone I'm here with is dying, but more so, like, how is this happening? Yeah, he looks more like he's reacting to
0: watching an old lady take a shit in the middle of a Walmart than he is watching his crew members yeah, die. Yeah, like
1: you're kind of <laughs> like he'd be like, all right, I know what's going on, but like, I can't believe no one's stopping this, you mm. know? Like, yeah, it, it yes, there. All of the acting was horrible. Oh,
0: it, Tim Robbins stood out to me as like one of the worst ones in this you, movie. Wow, well,
1: and it's funny because I was like, he's the only one that actually has any like pizzazz around it. Actually, no, I take that back. Jerry O'Connell easily the best actor in this film. I believe him as the character
0: that they assigned to him. You yeah. know. He, he like the character he's portraying. I believe him as that character because he's like kind of the bumbling, like yeah, almost comic relief sidekick character. Exactly. That
1: was his career at that time. Yeah, you know, and he. So I, re- you know, I, he 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 took this film on because he read he did he watched all of De Palma De Palmas films in film school. So he loved his work. Okay, and he pitched himself to be in that role. What a what a movie to pick that he did. <laughs> well, you can't. I mean. I, I keep making this joke. I think it's really funny. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see the first actor that got done with that script reading mm-hmm. and see their face. It probably would have looked a lot like Don Cheadle's in that storm. Like imagine you getting done reading that script. like how how could you possibly go like, you know what? this is gonna be good? Well, maybe maybe it was one of those
0: cases where they sat down, they read the script and they said, all right, the dialogue isn't good. The fucking characters are all, like, one-dimensional fucking... Not even. Like, wet blankets. Yeah. Like, it's so cliche, but maybe the special effects will be good. Maybe, visually, this movie will look great, right? Because a lot of the time when they make movies like this, especially back in the early 2000s, they have no fucking clue what the movie's going to look like when it's done. True, true. But then this movie is made, and uh, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. That scene when, uh, I think it's Jerry O'Connell, he gets, like, the, the... like, rock through his hand or something? Or, like, it's a... it's a Oh, the meteorite. The meteorite, yeah. yeah. The micrometeorite. Yeah, when it, like, breaks through his hand and the blood is starting to flow everywhere. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is gonna be this kind of movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it? The special effects are on this level. it
1: Yeah. Which is... It's... So, it's, there... It's,
0: yeah, it's fucking... It's weird to say that, like, something like The Phantom Menace looks better than a movie that came out four years after time. it. I think i think they're tied still though it's it's fucking inexcusable despite the age it's like it's not good
1: no 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 i'm not saying it's good at all and and when i say it's tied they're both zeros Mm. or like you know at least a phantom menace is in some made-up world i can yeah i can get behind that yeah like it's like all right i i you'll never see these things in real life you know this is all creation like that's awesome i can. edit a little disorder whatever you know like this is like we're trying to mimic shit it's like no no um no, that was one of the things that I read too. Is that the the, the that micrometer would not that size wouldn't have penetrated the uh, Hubble or whatever the hub that they were in. That mm-hmm. actually there was more. There should be more of a fear that um, it the heat. Cause with the friction hitting at that speed would actually like melt the steel or ionize it. i can't remember the exact same like make it explode like mm-hmm. there's there was a very real there was like it wouldn't go through it there's actually a very real chance so that it would have hit it and did something to the metal to make it kind of combust yeah you know so that, that that was another thing that i read that was like oh this movie no one did any research like with nasa besides the suits <laughs> yeah the any of the science behind it to figure it out. Like, they created art- artificial gravity, right? And mm. the guy, like, on here, I don't, I'm not going to go through and read this stuff, but it's it's Bad Astronomy and Mission to Mars if you want to read through some of the facts and, like, head-scratching moments about everything that happened in this thing because literally as soon as they get into space, when they touch down on Mars, everything's wrong. Um, the creation of artificial gravity, not even close. You couldn't possibly do that. That, that, that wasn't there. Um, and so, this isn't the only movie to do that either. <laughs> well... When we get to Red Planet, you'll be shocked. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, t- terrible, terrible, terrible. I, If we're talking about bad acting, because I think maybe this is the first one we're on right now. Uh, how about, like, Woody just getting... So, first off, let me just say this. Woody's Tim Robbins, right? Yes. It's, yeah. I, there, there are, like, two scenes in this thing that I like that really... It. This is one of the more bizarre movies to me that i've seen because it goes from kind of being like really wacky and zany uh-huh to horror because like if you don't if you're just watching after that for the opening you know exposition right when the first attack happens mm-hmm. let's say they don't show the face either which is kind of like one of my gripes you don't know what you're in for it is a rescue mission but what's on mars yeah there's like, a mystery behind it yeah, at least yeah and like that's kind of issue I have with the face cuz they show the face and then there's like some really mysterious music that plays and I'm like this is like yeah cuz then you know that oh otherworldly forces are at play yes. rather than
0: like a native Life force to Mars or there's something. There's gonna be
1: something out there that's hubbed in that thing or living in that thing. Yeah, there's and like a,
0: the notion of intelligent life. Whereas, like if they didn't show it, you could still argue with it being like just a, a creature movie.
1: Yeah, in a way. Yeah, that spiral thing, you know, whatever the fuck it was. I mean, that you don't know what it is, and it attacks them. Yeah. So at that point, it's kind of like I don't know if this is just gonna be Mars itself. Maybe they could make Mars, or whatever. There's more mystery involved than. They show the face because at, at that point you go, other life aliens don't know where we're getting to, and then the problem, and then it it switches over into Apollo thirteen, which I really liked. As soon as the thing starts going, you know the the asteroid thing hits, and they're just on this time crunch. Like that's the only suspense in the film, right? Mm-hmm. And then I mean to Woody going to whatever, and then they land, and then it turns into some really weird philosophical bullshit. It almost it
0: almost tries. And I, I wrote this down a few times in my notes, like, in a, in a few different instances. It almost feels like they're trying to implement some things that were really well done in 2001. Yes. Like, especially with the end with, like, sort of liminal space shit and, like, the origins of, like, humanity and, like, the, the, the expanding life force that used to inhabit Mars, but then so, the disaster that occurred. It's, like, this weird idea that it feels like it's trying to be 2001.
1: So... The funny thing about that is um, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a short story called The Sentinel, all right? And it's about this beacon on the moon, and an astronaut goes there and finds a sentinel. And what it would do is it was broadcasting um, radio waves or whatever it was out into the, the unknown, You know, and the idea behind the Sentinel was that when advanced life found the Sentinel and they take it down, uh, establishing that it's a defense mechanism, and that they, whenever that radio signal would stop, the creatures they'd realize, all right, we're we're on to the next wave of you know evolution of intelligence, right? Not necessarily knowing what it is because it's not like oh it's humans, and that's where Arthur C. Clarke got with Stanley Kubrick. And that's where the idea of the monolith hit. Mm-hmm. Is that, hey, the monolith is going to be, we'll have it continue out through time. So it's kind of like a sentinel in and of itself. But when we get to certain points, you discover the monolith again. It signifies advancement of evolution and advancement of intelligence. Yeah, so, a lot
0: of what we talked about in our 2001 discussion. So
1: this what Mission to Mars does is essentially takes that short story... And puts the Sentinel onto Mars. Mm. So I mean, it's funny that we just talked about two thousand one, but they these two movies directly or yeah, no, I would say directly tie in because if you and you'll have to look up the Sentinel when you get the chance, but I will. It's if you think about it, when they get onto Mars, they say, "Hey, the face, this thing's emitting radio beacon or whatever," and they figure out the code to enter the thing. They're acting like it's a... But it turns out it's only a defense mechanism to keep intruders away instead of opening up, you know, Mm. so that they don't take it out. They just... They they discover, you know, that they're the next step of evolution or human intelligence get in. And one of the things that makes you wonder, though, is this thing attacked the astronauts when they got to Mars. And if it's directly there to signify the advancement of knowledge why did obviously they got to the fucking mars like, Right, isn't yeah. that like so that's one of the plot holes that like kind Ooh. of immediately pop up of
0: why is it immediately feral and why does it like yeah automatically distrust these people even though it had like no indication to distrust them whatsoever right you're right about that absolutely yes. so it feels like this movie specifically just is more so ripping off a lot of what made 2001 the film like just like with the filmmaking and the way the ship looked, and like the ideas that it had with yeah. the end and like the, the last iconic act of the film. scene of
1: them dancing, you know, Van Halen, which was a fantastic shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the you know the camera rotating around trying to signify that there's low gravity or zero gravity. Yeah,
0: with like the we the wheel the the set that's shaped like a wheel or whatever. Yep. very reminiscent of that. It feels like it wants to implement those elements that made 2001 special, but put it in a movie that most general audiences might like like simplify the characters make it very straightforward like super digestible and simple and not complex at all
1: so one of the things that i didn't realize and i'm fairly certain is that this is disney has a uh stake in this movie and they base this movie off of one of their theme park rides okay so disney obviously had a hand in this and what happened was i don't know if you read that that gore Gore, Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. Ta- well, he was a director on it. They got through a certain portion of it and he stepped out because it was under budgeted. For I more- read that Brian De Palma took over after another
0: director stepped away, but I didn't see what director it was. Yeah, it was. That's him. interesting.
1: And so they went through a couple rewrites, which I don't know if it. Uh, I couldn't tell you how the fuck. This writing is so fucking bad. Like, I took offense after it was, a certain point. It
0: was like a comedy at points, right? It was so...
1: Dude, I've never it's been... It's such a
0: weird fucking tone for this movie. Like, it's, it's all over the place. It's
1: Pete... So, that's what I'm saying tones everywhere this is a pg film so i i don't know if this guy's like trying to like we got to remember that there's kid watching this. is it
0: pg despite the fact that you see a human body just blow up yeah like limbs flying everywhere in the
1: tornado let me let me double check this because i dude i've read up on this quite a bit so i'm like why did this like that'd be so fucking wacky <laughs> yeah it, well, <laughs> one of the PG. so like one of the first things i read was like a christian pose you know, and it was like, is this one it was like, is this one good to show to your kids like from Christian moms oh, or something like, like a parental guidance thing? Yeah. And they, that was one of the things that they brought up. They actually said that they were more um, they were more concerned that they were using Jesus's name in vain in the same. They said it three or four different times. And that's what bugged them. Um, wow. more. So, yeah. And they said that, they, you know, between that and the um, the idea of uh, evolution being changed. I'm sure uh, they, they kind of scoffed at it. It was like, whatever, you know, I mean, it's it, they interesting. Don't, they don't do it that well to make you think that this actually happened. They're actually probably pretty pleased that that's how this movie went. Because that's like, so
0: weird to me, because I feel like if you're a Christian and watching this movie and you don't believe in evolution <laughs> or whatever, like you believe in creationism, then I don't think you're going to watch this movie and like it very oh, much be just because of how they present the ideas at the end of human origin. You know, 2000, PG. That's so fucking weird. Dude,
1: it's a Disney. I'm, I don't know. I don't know how much of a stake Disney had in it. And I didn't realize, like, so the props in this thing, like, they actually, Disney used some of the props that they created, you know, from this. And it said, like, from what I read, that there's a theme park ride or oh, something okay involved. I gotcha. so it's like pirates of the caribbean before that one got
0: yeah popular. i was gonna say pirates of the caribbean in space basically
1: exactly and that's why i think that's why it, probably a mess and there's probably the studios who's ever tied into it buried everything that freaking happened like i wish this one would be another interesting one like that island of dr moreau to see like what happened from the get mm-hmm. you know not only that, they fought... Well, and I think... I don't know if some of the actors left, too, when Gore left. Like, I don't know if they either recast or... I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know Gary Sinise that. is way over his head. I, my favorite, like... So yours was Don Cheadle. My favorite actor? No, no, no. Like, moment of... Oh, man, this is really bad. Oh, no, no. One of my... Well, that was
0: one of them. But yeah. one of my favorite moments that I was going to bring up, and I'm glad that you asked me this, is... Uh, it it really just felt like a comedy in this moment when they're they're all tethered together and they're floating through space. And Tim Robbins is like floating way ahead of everybody else. Like he's he's facing them falling back towards Mars. Yep. And he's like, shit, I'm going to die. And then his like wife or girlfriend in the movie. Wife. The wife. Yeah. Terry like shoots herself out there can only meet him a certain way because she's going to run out of fuel and she wouldn't be able to make it back. So then she's like, wait a minute, I have this idea. So then she like gets the tether and like shoots it out at him and it, barely fucking reaches it like it, it barely doesn't reach him yeah at all and he's like oh no and i just started fucking laughing hysterically at that
1: oh you really could not care about the, them then i was like is this a fuck It's presented
0: like a comedy it's like something the three stooges would do well, if they were in space it's like
1: oh no i can't reach you <laughs> like, well like what else are you, i mean yeah yeah <laughs> What else are you supposed to do?
0: I don't... It's... The way it was just presented was really funny to me. And then there was also a moment earlier... This is, like, kind of a smaller thing. It was before the uh, tornado attack scene. Yeah. When they're, like, looking at the cliffside, and they, like, start hearing noise or something. And one of them goes, uh, what happened? And then it whip pans to another astronaut, and they're like, I don't know. And then it whip pans back. It felt like something out of a Wes Anderson movie like it all oh, the, where they're doing they're like really witty dialogue trying to keep up back and forth it's like it's so weird how it's filmed because it just it feels so out of place in terms of what the rest of the filmmaking of the movie and it's just this random whip pan scene that they do one time and then they never do it again it's like yeah. it's such such weird filmmaking and editing and cinematography in this
1: i movie. i actually wasn't i didn't have too much of a beef with some of the shots like yeah obviously you know I thought the set design was good. I, well, I, the space station and the suits were pretty good. I mean, that was probably about the only thing they nailed. I guess I don't know about Mars. I, they made it somewhat believable, but they don't really even... Dude, like you're, it's a mission to Mars. I don't even spend time on Mars.
0: Yeah, they barely spend time on Mars. Like Like we said earlier, it's like 70% of the movie until they actually get to the fucking planet. And then they get to the planet, and then, like, most of the time they spend... They're in the hub, or they're in the space thing. Yeah, they're in, like, the, the white, like, liminal space, like, 2001-looking area.
1: He, yeah, I... And I didn't have a problem with it, but they they wanted to go with a minimalistic approach. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But it reminded me a lot of the the ending of 2001. Like as soon as they got in, I was like, "That's got to be an homage, right?" Like it's either reminds, an homage or a
0: ripoff. Like they just saw two thousand one, were like, "We can do that."
1: Yeah. Well, I, he God only knows what De Palma walked into. Right. You know, Who I'm, knows? that that'd be one I'd be curious about. There's a documentary that i was talking to my brother about. Uh, it's just called De Palma. And he goes, he talks about all his films and they get to this one and he goes, what can I say? I was just trying to be ambitious and went on to the next. I mean, hey, (laughs) at least he was honest. It's a hundred minute documentary with
0: 95 minutes on other films. That is something that this movie has going for it a little bit compared to something like Red Planet where it's so fucking out there and it's so weird with how it presents the plot and the tone and everything going on that I kind of... No, I kind of commend it a little bit for it. Like, it's so unpredictable. You cannot predict where this movie is going. Yeah, like, I had so much fun just
1: laughing at this thing. That's what I'm like. I'm, that's enjoyment you get. Like, uh-huh. like you're not even taking it seriously. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, you with. With your writing abilities and going through, like as soon as things started happening, you got to be scratching your head, and like after the first twenty minutes, you got to be like, these characters suck.
0: Well, I was like, when are they going to get to Mars? (laughs) Like when when are they going to get
1: to the planet that's in the title of the fucking movie?
0: (laughs) I was like, when is this going to take place? And then they're floating together, tethered, and they're trying to reach Tim Robbins, and they can't. And he takes his helmet off. He's like, he's like
1: giant. Giant mannequin, Tim Robbins. Oh, my God. That, that was another one, too. They said that you wouldn't instantaneously freeze in space. That was what I was reading about the guy. He's like, it would take you... It'd probably take an hour or two just... Your body's just naturally heated. It's not going to completely freeze. Yeah. You know? So And I don't know. I At least from what I've read, being in the suit and all that shit. Um, no, I got... My my bad acting moment was during that scene, Gary Sinise staring at him like... Dear God, Woody, you're not going to make it. And then it cuts to, like, Terry, who's like, please come back. And then he goes, no, Terry, he can't. We'd all die if we had to go get him. And he's like, he's right, honey. I would die. Please don't come after me. It's like, dear God, Woody, we're going to miss you. And then, I can get him? Terry, no. Like... Holy, dude, Like you guys are supposed to be best friends. You've known each other forever. Like No one's crying. No one's freaking out. No one's like, let's run the numbers. By the way, I don't know if you saw right. it. She gets out there and like zaps her way also to in space because there's no friction you go at that pace you're just going at that pace you can't just stop your thrusters like that like she would have to turn around or propel herself back forward just to stop mm-hmm. which would double down on it they don't address that right no. it gets to a point where it says 50 percent jet fuel left and then literally on her thing it says point of no return like the computer fucking realizes that she plugged in all these goddamn coordinates to say hey if you go past this point it's over
0: yeah point of no return to what did the computer realize that Tim Robbins was that far That's away what,
1: dude I didn't pick it up the first time and then the second time I saw it it's like beeping beeping and then it just prints that off and I was like what it's a computer who the fuck says that point of no return to what
0: To relative to where like they're continuously moving like- like, how, how does it pick a point of origin when everything's just constantly going?
1: Thank you. Like, <laughs> what have you ever seen a computer just read off, hey, please stop? Like, it would, like, beep, beep, and then just say, you know, like, fuel insufficient. Like, it wouldn't read off, like, you're going to die. Like, yeah. it, it might as well have said that. Like, it might as well have said, you're going to die if you go one step further. Like, it could have said... Dude, this fucking movie with the writing was so beat over the head, like... Uh, un- that was I've had an issue with it and then I saw that when I was watching it with Jasmine and mm. I was like this fucking movie like unreal <laughs> how dare you <laughs> dude there's one point so Sinise for God knows what is watching a montage of him and his wife don't know
0: why he's watching he's watching a video of him and his wife dude, going through pictures It starts off... So it's him watching a video of them going through pictures as a group. So it's like double fucking weird. It starts
1: off with it being a wedding video, and then it pans back to being a video of the wedding video. Yeah. (laughs) Which I was like, who does that? Like, that's just weird. Who's filming a house party? Right, you who's know?
0: filming a house party watching everything that's
1: been filmed from their life? And they're doing it under the guild that it is them saying, we're going to go to Mars. We've created the first ever project to go. Like, who the fuck opens up with their wedding video to say, hey, we're going to Mars? <laughs> like, that'd be like the diaper party and me showing you like my like my 08 high school reunion and then being like, hey, guys, can you believe I've made it this far?
0: And then I love the moment that they have where she's by herself and she's just talking about random shit like, oh, it per- what if, uh, you know, I in all seriousness, I do think that there is uh, life beyond where we life are. Life
1: helping life. And it's like what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) We just saw your wedding. Not only that.
0: It's so forced.
1: They do this thing in there where they have a green screen and it's him and his wife and it says Mars. And Tim Robbins goes, hey, look, it's Mars. And then it goes and it says Mars above him. Like, they were so afraid that people would be confused of where they're joking they're at. They had to have that line of dialogue in there to explain, don't worry, we know they're not on Mars. It's just a green screen of them on Mars in case you miss it. And then it fucking says Mars. It's so fucking janky. Oh, my God. Oh, I.
0: Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. And this was uh, this was during the scene when. um, So this the small little meteorite punctures a hole not only in Jerry O'Connell's hand, but also in Gary Sinise's helmet. So then he can't use that helmet, and they're like, You're gonna have to use your backup. And he's like, No time, we gotta find a way to plug this hole. So then, like, Tim Robbins is going around the ship trying to find the hole to plug. He's going around without a helmet, losing oxygen. And we established earlier in that scene that liquid, if it's loose in the ship, it'll find the vacuum point of wherever the hole is in the ship right and so he takes a thing of dr pepper which i pointed at the screen and went hey dr pepper when he grabbed it and he threw it at terry and she's like oh jim like he's fucking crazy and not knowing what he's doing it's right. like you <laughs> literally have witnessed the liquid earlier in the film going through the fucking hole that was made in the ship with the meteor right do you not understand what he's trying to get at right with throwing you the liquid in that pouch for you to squeeze like, do you not understand where he's going with that? But I guess she, she decided that he was crazy, and probably from the standpoint well, of the screenwriters, maybe they thought, oh, she should say this because maybe she thinks he's losing it because he's, like, missing his dead wife or whatever, and he's yeah. not doing well under pressure. But it's like, that doesn't make sense when you have her experience that same thing earlier in the movie. Yeah. And it just contradicts that whole scene. Like, it's
1: so fucking dumb. And there's a lot in this movie that's like that. Well, it's... Yes, and he also can get his other helmet. Like he has access to... He literally didn't do anything besides come up with the idea to squirt the Dr. Pepper, right? Yeah. So he could have easily swam over, got his helmet, while telling her to grab the Dr. Pepper and squeeze it. <laughs> right. He didn't do anything besides sit there and think. He's like, no as time. As he's losing oxygen. No time. As
0: he like fucking piddles around and does absolutely nothing to yeah. help his situation. By the way,
1: nerdy point, I read up that uh, because of the... The, the air pressure or not air pressure, the temperature that that Dr. Pepper wouldn't actually freeze right away. It would probably boil. And they would have saw, instead of seeing the liquid going up, it would have been the steam. Mm. Yeah. So that was another, I just really enjoyed reading these things that we have beefs with and then reading someone that's a scientist just tear it apart. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm going to keep telling you guys, check out the Bad Astronomy Mission to Mars post. Don't listen to me because I'm not going to get into it and I'm not going to read this off. But yeah, that was yeah, that whole fuck that that t- so I give it a pass though because in terms of the movie that's the most suspense in the whole movie. It's like that 20 minutes. Right. From essentially It's like the most tension you ever get. Yeah, from the from the moment it hits to when Woody goes away. Now granted, if you're not buying into <laughs> the characters including the scene where Tim Robbins dies. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you know, like it's well I, I, I like that scene and I thought it was sentimental. I mean, I guess I was like it's kind of more of projecting than it actually is of just watching it. Like, not to say like any like you dissociated or anything like that, but like when you're watching it, you're just thinking about the characters. And if you really don't buy in, who the fuck cares? And that
0: was kind of my position of it. 100%. especially when like the way it's filmed and like the, the technical aspects. When it's playing like that weird fucking Castlevania ass music throughout the whole
1: thing. With, like, the weird synth piano and, like, the... Enrico, whatever his name is, that did Once Upon a Time in the West. Okay. De Palma, that you know, the, the famous composer of Once Upon a Time in the West, Enrico...
0: I can't think of his name. I got the page pulled up. Let me see.
1: Yeah. Ennio Morricone.
0: Yeah. If that's how you pronounce his Quick name. Click
1: on his name. I think he's the one that did Once Upon a Time in the West and some of the other big, like, composer you know um
0: yeah i'll take a look while you you keep going
1: yeah no so th- that was one of the that was one of the things i talked about sam too sam watched this film and just kind of texted me throughout the whole time watching it because we were I, he thought he might have been a little juice to find some other things that had discovered about it and one of the gripes he had was the 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 yep once upon a time in the west yeah um uh, Big time. I'm trying to think. He did something else that we we watched that we were talking about, and I was like, I can't believe they got him to do it. And it wasn't this fucking film. The thing. Maybe. Anyways, I mean, I don't. You can keep scrolling through that. I don't. I don't remember what it was. But as soon as I saw that they got him on there, I was like, wow. Like, yeah. And him and De Palma had to have been on something else where he called in a favor, and the guy's like, I'll do it for you. And then, oh, was it a Quentin Tarantino movie? Yes.
0: Was it Kill Bill? Might have been okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's what I was. Kind of, I was thinking it was. I think t- it was. I think it was because I was thinking in my head Tarantino film before you mentioned that. Okay. Because like I don't remember what Tarantino film we talked about because we talked about I don't know, half of them. Um,
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that though because I think we've only ta- officially talked about Kill Bill. <laughs> it's funny that you
1: mentioned that, Mike. We've only talked about two out of the ten or yeah. nine. <laughs> well, if if this was Mission to Mars, it'd probably be fucking half.
0: Right. Um. I didn't mean to derail you.
1: No, you're good. So it. That the soundtrack or uh, the the score sucks.
0: Oh, it's and, it's and, bad. It's yeah. so poorly used.
1: It, it's bizarre, right? A lot of like it's it's like used
0: in moments of tension when the music does not feel tension like when i'm thinking of a space movie that has tension or something i'm thinking of like string
1: instruments or something that you'd get from like like, industrial noises kind of like that like the the sound that would reverberate just in space you know like it just holds that tone like like, a good ominous ambience to it yeah i mean depending on where you're at i because i i like i will uh all quiet on the western front i think that could go in any freaking space film that could work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really like those, like, not to say, like, um, Inception, but I, I do like it when there's, like, a bit of a drum and there's a bit of a bass and it kind of holds that tone because it also gives you the essence of being in space where it's not just, you know, going back and forth, you know. I mean, if you you propel something, it's going to stay at that rate. So, yeah. like, instead of having – and I don't know if – he wasn't going for that. I mean, a lot of the shit he did really – I think they had to soften it up for the kids. I must have been because my God, it felt like I was playing
0: Castlevania during that scene when he's trying to get oxygen and not watching a movie where astronauts are in space struggling to survive right yeah it just totally took the tension out of anything that would have been there for me
1: yeah how about the ending they're trying to get off mars and it's just playing this like really whimsical mysterious music of where's Gary Sinise going and it's like they still haven't gotten off the fucking
0: planet guys I'm and they they keep going with it and then they keep showing the process of him like going in the tube and like him going like oh no what did I get into like I almost thought, oh, shit, they're going to turn this into a fucking horror movie all of a sudden, and he's going to fucking die, and they're going to dissect his fucking body yeah, like while Indiana he's in the tomb. Yeah, like Indiana
1: Jones, tube. like that, not to give away endings or anything, but have you ever seen, you know, uh, The Laters of the Ross Ark? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. You know the ending of that one with all the things happening, like you mm-hmm. don't know what the what the grail's going to, sh- you know, do or whatever? Yeah. Like, that's what I, like that would have been fun if they would have went that route. Yeah. Like had that like dee 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 and like, like that, he th- his character
0: thinks it's one thing but then it just all of a sudden
1: goes yes. completely wrong but and no. that, that alien smiles and it's got its like teeth hanging out and it's mm. like oh shit what's happening with Sinise you know but it doesn't do that no why it no it can't well I think it would have helped if if people at the time they might have known but if if you knew this was a Disney film would you think it changed your perspective on everything that you were watching oh yeah. Right? like that, Absolutely. I read that, and I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of... It doesn't make it inexcusable. It's still oh, bad.
0: No, it's still bad. It's still like a weird, poor choice. And the fact that they like keep going and showing him in the tube, and it's like, I, was this like one last attempt to get the audience to go like, oh, what's going to happen here? Like, I'm unsure. Yeah. Uh. <gasps> Trying yeah. to like rile those emotional feelings. It's like, oh, wow, this movie's so complex. It made me feel all these things. It's like, <laughs> no, it's just fucking stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man that's funny yeah Jesus I, Christ I uh I I saw I, so I do not remember the ending uh I was one of the guys like watching it I thought that the I thought being out in space was pretty suspenseful I was a little let down when they got to Cheetle, and uh as soon as they got started in the face um I was kind of like oh man like where's this going but I will say I thought there was 20 minutes left in the movie so like Mm-hmm. imagine watching that and thinking like oh they still gotta end this thing like they something's gonna happen like they gotta show you know them getting back and being like you won't believe what happened to jim he discovered god or whatever <laughs> you know like like whatever <laughs> yeah. right i i shit you not i'm watching this with jasmine you know and it just does what it does mm-hmm. and i like she so the lovely beautiful jasmine never gets upset during movies it's like she doesn't like not like things or hate things you know Mm. she we got done watching this and she said i hate this movie and i was like like i I I was like what and she was like why would you have me watch this and i'm like i'm being attacked like she never does that you know and i'm like (laughs) what are you talking she's like i've never been more confused at the ending of a film that is so stupid and i was
0: so fucking stupid
1: i'm like Like in my head, I'm like, it's a PG film. It's a really easy thing just to digest. She like was like verbally attacking me. Like (laughs) with how like upset she was about this Disney film that we just watched. That's funny. Now, mind you, I'm dying laughing because I realized that the last lines in this film are Hey, where's Jim? Terry getting into the thing going, he caught a ride. Watching it shoot up there, right? Not only that, they somehow explode with enough force to catch him or watch him zip out of there. Mm. And the last line in the film is Don Cheeto going, have a good ride, Jim. <laughs> yeah. And then it and just, that just fucking ends.
0: ends. It's so fucking abrupt.
1: What's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like, like they do that. and You're like, Oh, I wonder what's going on. Like in, in, at least in the space, you know, in 2001, you've got the whole, what do they call that? The acid trip. You know, oh, he's going yeah, the into Stargate. the Stargate. Stargate. He's going into the fifth dimension. Like, you had all that. Like, it's literally just Cheeto going, like, smirking, like, have a safe ride, Jim. Like, God, he was a good man. It was and so then,
0: fucking anticlimactic. Holy man,
1: shit. And then it's like, when the fuck did Jim just become, like, I guess he's the main character in this thing? I.
0: Yeah, I don't. It's fucking weird. And I kind of. I love the. Like I said, I love the fact that it's weird. And I love the fact that. Uh, because it's so weird, I do. There's like a level of this movie that I enjoy, obviously on an ironic level. But I think <laughs> covering his
1: it, it, tracks, it didn't,
0: it didn't leave me bored. Like I can't say I was ever bored watching that's, this movie.
1: Okay, so that's half the reason why I wanted to recommend it. Because I, you know, not, I don't want to cut you off. Go back. And no, know no, it? no. You're good, dude. I'm telling you, I watched this thing and it ended, and I was like, I thought about this film, and I was like, I shouldn't be giving this thing any fucking credit, but I was like, it's the weirdest, like zany to horror to thriller to suspense to um, like crime detective on the ground to philosophical whatever done yeah you're like there's a little bit of a roller coaster ride with this thing because it's like 10 minutes of, wow, that's weird. And then you got the 20 minutes. I think I already said this. 20 minutes of, you know, like, oh, shit, what's going on? To 20 minutes of, they're on a space station. Who cares? The 20 minutes of, Jesus Christ, how are they going to get to Mars? The yeah. 20 minutes of whatever. to They get to that climax and just like, hey, we're good. Just get done with the script. Yeah, we don't need any falling
0: action or any sort of resolution to anything mm-hmm. that has happened after. Yeah, we, did just, they so- we just end it.
1: Did they solve anything? That's what I wanted to ask too. Because me and my brother's like, What do you interpret the ending of this film? And I, I was like, I don't did they solve anything?
0: Not really. They just discovered life. They discovered the origins of humanity
1: and the sort of the Kind of, kind of they did, Kind right? of. I don't know. I, they, that's chapter one of some a biology textbook. Yeah. Like they literally showed him a five minute rendition of evolution that we all know about. And mm-hmm. it's just like, that's us. <laughs> that's us, bro. Yeah. It's like, well, how'd you do that? Like, can you show me the science behind that? Cause like you just landing a spaceship here and all of a sudden we evolve doesn't mean shit to me.
0: Yeah, you just showed the ship landing on Earth and then evolution happened. And yes. then the the end. That's it. Literally the end, because that's where the movie ends pretty much.
1: Well, and you know, I the reason why I laugh too is because I'm like, this movie's kinda like um It's, you know, when you have something on the tip of your tongue or it's just, you're getting tickled just on the edge to make it uncomfortable, but, and you want, like, it's, but it's not stopping, you know, but it's not enough to be like, I'm going to like kind of go crazy, but maybe not like that. Like that's how this movie to me ends where it's like, we almost got you there and we're out. like (laughs) That's it. And it's like, you're really not leaving me much to think about, but also you are. So
0: I forget because. Obviously, I watch these movies not too far apart, and they're yeah. uh, similar subject matter, similar ilk. Is it this movie or Red Planet that just ends with the end on screen? Shit.
1: Because I don't fucking remember. I'm I think it's this I'm pretty sure it's this, this one. I'm pretty sure it is. Because I, I remember when I was watching it on the... Pla- Dude, I was so blown back. I didn't remember that Don Cheadle had that line. Like I was just so blown back that it just popped up the end when I was like, like, we... You didn't solve. What do you mean? The end? You haven't solved anything. Don like, Cheadle says, "Have a good
0: ride, Jim." And then he looks at the audience and goes, "And you guys have a good ride too when you go to Orlando, Florida, <laughs> and Disney World and ride on the Mission to Mars attraction."
1: <laughs> that would have been so much more fitting. I would have laughed really hard. I would have been like, "That's that's fantastic." Perfect ending. Not only that. Hey, they didn't. And I know we're trying. We're kind of. Are we coming up on time? We yeah. We yeah. probably
0: should start wrapping. this up. I was about up. to say. I know that
1: they. I could talk about this movie for like three hours. The rescue mission was like, to me, what they were going to do. And they don't even show Cheeto getting back
0: true yeah like that's
1: why they went there that's why i have such. they don't a... see him reuniting with his son or his wife or anything no it just ends with like that's the whole reason why they went there and they shifted and just said fuck it jim found life <laughs> and, like we're gonna go with that one jim opened his third eye and said fuck off and he yeah. just flew away well, i gotta all right because we can end with this i have to read this off because we watched this late at night all right go for it and uh so this is uh, this is me quoting my brother i have to quote him because i i've never laughed so hard reading uh one of these things um so it's late at night you know and sam sam's kind of giving me a, um like basically his gist of it and he got he gets pissed it goes last line of the movie have a great ride jim this is a synopsis of the ending C's wife basically nuts blast off there he goes heartbeat music dear god look at that have a great ride jim the end <laughs> <laughs> i i read that at like 12 30 at night i just started dying laughing i oh was my like God. that's it that's how that's how this disney
0: movie ends yeah jesus christ that would have been a much different movie at that point but oh. i would have embraced it i love that uh we can wrap up this
1: conversation yeah let's go into ratings let's go into I, ratings I, do i go first now or you can you go, go first oh i go you yeah. want to give yours off and i give mine for red planet that's fine i don't care uh i think i gave this thing a uh five out of ten okay um all right that's not too far off from what i gave it as you well in terms of our well we might be if you go two or three we're probably close um My, you know, I, like I said, it's decent entertainment. This thing is God awful, but it's one of the more, you know, Sam was pissed that I told him to watch it. He's like, why the fuck are you telling people to watch this God awful? And it's like, right. I think that this is one of the only films I can really think of where I've never seen hooked in, sucked out, not involved, totally involved. Don't know where it goes over, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it should be it's within enough circles that people could talk about the thing and have a really good laugh. And I also think there's aspects of it that you could probably pick up on because it is the Palma, and he is he's a pretty decent director. And like we got a name for himself. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the good parts of it, you know. And I think that there's there's not a whole lot of good parts, but the good parts that are good, I, I enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a that's a credit to him. So. Uh, it's entertaining, at least in an a, a intellectual level, if you will. Um, but yeah, in, I mean, yes, entertainment factor goes way up there just to talk about it. The other side is the film. Uh, yes.
0: so There's a very inverse scale there. Um, yeah, no, like I said, my rating isn't too far off from yours. I think I gave it a 4 out of 10. Oh, yeah. So... A lot of the value I place in it is just the entertainment of it and the unpredictability that the movie has.
1: It is ambitious. I will give that credit. It goes for
0: it. And I think that <laughs> I just was not bored the entire thing. Therefore, I just give it points just based on that.
1: Have to. I mean, like the film it's is just
0: so bafflingly goofy that I yeah. just couldn't believe what I was watching for most of it. Yes. And obviously not a good movie but in comparison to another film that we're going to talk about, I think that this one at least has some entertainment value to it, you know?
1: This is going to be interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is that a good segue into the next film that we're going to talk about, which is Red Planet, which was the... Kind of ancillary recommendation
1: that we had. Um, so these these two films actually came out in the same year, and one of the great things that I did read was it was it's kind of like uh you know when The Fighter came out with um Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, so The Fighter comes out, and then you have the other ones with uh Tom Hardy at Warrior, you know, or okay. Olympus has fallen and White House Down. Like there's yeah. always some sort Truman of Truman show at TV. Yes, there's always like these kind of competing studios that get the same idea or whatever i don't know exactly how it works Deep out
0: impact and armageddon
1: yes exactly like that that type of so that's where this came from and it was like one of those things like well if we're talking about if we're talking you know space and what, we might as well do red planet and uh it, it's kind of off the backdrop of uh 2001 and i guess you can see the difference so you you can see the difference in probably direction too because 2001 came out in what 69 what 68. We, 68. Mm-hmm. And I'd be curious as to, we've now seen three space films where that ranks above these two. Oh, yeah. So,
0: uh, I'll summate Red Planet since yeah. you had Mission to Mars. So, Red Planet is uh, Mission to Mars' bastard cousin. Uh, came out in 2000. Stars uh, such names that we've had on this podcast. like Val Kilmer. Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Tom Sizemore, Benjamin Bratt, Simon Baker, and Terrence Stamp, who I think just wanted fucking nothing to do with this movie and said, get <laughs> me out of here. You think? <laughs> and uh, is a, you know, I don't want to say it's a mission to Mars, but it basically is with these characters where they're tasked with uh, heading to the red planet and uh, assessing what's going on there um, there's like some oxygen levels that they need to go and study and they're they're going to land spend some time on there I think it's like a supposed to be like a six month sort of ordeal that they were going to be on and then uh, they get into some problems with the ship uh, some residual solar waves flare up they cause the ship to basically EMP for a bit and then that causes a lot of mechanical failures to where uh astronauts end up stranded on the planet and there's worry about oxygen levels and the idea that maybe something is out there that they don't know. And they're fearing for their lives. And there's Amy that's chasing them down and all that stuff in this
1: fucking movie. Yeah. I watched it and boy, Oh boy. So let me lead off with, before we get going, cause I, I wanted to see, like I was kind of comparing the two in terms of the, the science behind it. Mm-hmm. This one actually a lot closer to being scientifically accurate. And one of the things that, um, uh, just to give you, both of these movies kind of had to deal with it. But there was a guy, something Zurbin, Dr. Zurbin, that wrote the Mars direct plan. It was how can we effectively get to Mars on a man-made mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was a send-up uh, ERP, ERV uh like an earthly remote vehicle okay you know and then you know six months later you send up a, a, a supply ship or hub to like land on it you know just to create impact and then after about two months from when you send that you send up the astronauts on a six month tour uh to get there and so this movie actually like took that plan and kind of placed it into a this is how we would get there so it's funny, like I'm just reading up on it. It's probably the most accurate that you could get to, like get to Mars. Like they took this guy's like written thesis. It's been published. Like I read a little bit up on it. Um, That's interesting to me. Yeah, especially with how I feel about this movie. That's exactly why I was I wanted to bring it up because I had to read about it and like, you know, some of the, it, <laughs> which kind of opposite of Mission to Mars, where it is totally unrealistic, but. It's entertaining. This is this like is maybe realistic to a fault. Yes, like it's almost like not entertaining realism, which it. That's why I need to compare and contrast these things. Like, yes. let's go.
0: So let's go because I think that this movie, compared to Mission to Mars, is just way more fucking boring than so the other one.
1: Interesting that you say that.
0: Yes, it it still has <laughs> like some sort of entertainingly bad aspects about it here and there, but just. It's so much more predictable and cliche and the characters are just so fucking wooden and I don't care about them at all (laughs) that my entertainment value (laughs) with this movie was just so much lower than Mission to Mars.
1: It really is true because I caught myself. Now, I was watching this late at night, so I wasn't sure if I was tired or I was like, man, this thing's just really boring. I was actually more fascinated with the movie itself just not drawn in than I was the Mission to Mars and it actually felt like a movie compared to Mission to Mars mm-hmm. but at the same token I was much more bored in this one than in Mission to Mars. Yeah. Like when it comes
0: to the story itself I just I, I was fascinated by the writing and just what exactly just didn't work about this movie Mm -hmm. but like with the events in the movie and the way it was paced and presented like i i was just ready to check out i was ready to be done with it especially after watching another movie about going to mars granted this one they actually get to mars much sooner you know it's a little bit more about the red planet but In terms of just, like, the characters and how much I cared and, like, when I wanted this movie to be done, it's like, Jesus Christ, can we just get
1: through this, please? So, I mean, like, no, like, I don't, like, Val Kilmer, I kind of want to put him on guys that are dudes, but I don't know. We've had, Uh, like, three
0: stinkers in a row with Val Kilmer in it on this podcast. Guess
1: what he did on this one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you read up on him? I read about him and Tom Sizemore. Yeah. About how they used to be pretty good buddies, I guess. And then they did this movie together and uh, the stress of it pitted them against each other. And Val Kilmer acted like a diva and Tom Sizemore threw like a 50 pound weight at his chest or something. Yeah. And then they got to the point where like they wouldn't even be on set together. Like they had to shoot. Like a lot of this movie is just them together. Yeah. It's really and like they, they had to had shoot to around known, right? the fact like they were that they like, didn't want to be around each other.
1: Well, they're like, hey, like let's get Sizemore and Kilmer on this thing like I, apparently they got some good rapport probably from doing heat together. You know, like they they buddy buddy And like, let's get them on because they're probably gonna have some good chemistry. Like, we'll get we'll get some genuine stuff because it's gonna be pretty much those two guys. Well, they
0: were probably thinking shit. We need to get somebody that we know will get along with Val Kilmer because we've read about Dr. Moreau and we've read about like
1: this movie. Remember Michael Douglas telling telling about like Michael Douglas saying like, telling Val like, dude, you better fucking shape up because like Hollywood's been around a long time and people come and go, Uh and if you want to last, you better figure it out, (laughs) you know, because he was also a producer on uh, The Ghosts and The Darkness, not In The Darkness. Um, yeah, so they, they had to. Did you hear what the inciting incident was to get them?
0: Yeah, it was because Tom Sizemore wanted an exercise bike on set. And yeah. Val Kilmer threw a piss fit yeah. and said, I make $10 million on this movie. You're making $2 million. And then fucking <laughs> Sizemore just walloped him with a weight, and then they just like threw a pissy fit at each other and didn't want to see each other anymore.
1: Yeah, they cl- they did the same thing. Kilmer wouldn't come out of his uh, thing unless Sizemore... If Sizemore was on set, he wasn't coming out. They said a lot of the jiltedness between the characters are just because they couldn't shoot together. So That they makes would-
0: sense, because it's fucking janky as hell.
1: Yeah, they couldn't I so I like. There's a couple scenes they're together doing stuff. Like so, there's
0: scenes where they're literally shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, sitting next to each other. Yeah, and it's shot in a way where like you can clearly tell that they don't appear on screen together. Yeah, I yeah, like they like, have to have a stand in for this. I thought
1: they had a couple masters. Sh- not well, I, I think maybe master shots. Whatever you call it. like the three guys were there. Like, oh I, yeah, but then they have like the the like conversations the they're, they're doing. They didn't do it, like talking to each other. So yeah, it, that's one of the things. And I think that's what made this movie really suffer. Like, really suffer. I don't think that was the only thing. There's a few
0: things going on with this movie that I was okay. like, what the fuck well, is happening?
1: They could have made Amy a little cooler. Uh, I had a big issue with, like, how... <sighs> she... Okay,
0: I have an issue with her. She is so clearly overpowered when it comes to her ability versus their ability. Overpowering, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, absolutely crushes everything any of them in a fight like she could easily have taken yes. them all at the same time and then she like breaks Tom Sizemore's ribs and then runs away and they're like what's going on with her why is she running away and he's like she's playing war games she's weakening one of them so that the rest of us will slow down and she can pick us off easier it's like she could easily fucking kill all three okay. of you right there why wouldn't she just do
1: that have that same thought the only thing I could possibly come up with is that she isn't able to because she's a computer, she doesn't, like, know about the weapons and everything that you have. Mm. So, like, that, maybe she wouldn't know exactly. Like, she hits someone, and unless it registers that the force impact, throwing them, like, if that data is not get computed, it would just simply be, like, a lucky strike. Mm. You know, like, executed strike, executed strike, execute. So that's the only way I think. Because I had the same thing. Like, I'm watching this. I was like, oh, come on. It would have made like, more sense to me if, like, they had damaged
0: her in in some way. Right. Like, they retaliated against her. They damage her. And then she runs away. And they're like, Why is she running away? And then he says, Oh, self sense of self preservation. She has to go, like, yes. take time to heal up or whatever. Yeah, like, she what, has that weird programmed in her.
1: Self preservation. She's going to get into war game strategy now, where if she can, she's going to, like, she'll injure one. Like, she injured one of us. Like, did it. Like, they hurt her. She hurts one of them and takes off. Then that makes sense, right? That would have made so much more sense. Like, you're than- like, how they handled it oh yeah she's like she's dripping oil like she realizes like she's hurt one of us now that we have to help you know so it slows us down then the next step she's going to get into is like search and destroy she's going to isolate us because she knows that she can overpower us mm-hmm. and then it's it you know she's still kind of like dripping oil so and then they have a thing pop up you know it's like 75 percent capacity you know and like yeah like they do that the whole film i thought they did a good job of like now Necessary. i'll say this not realistic time but actually doing some time whereas in mission to mars there's no time given ever anytime it's just here we are we've got forever you know oh like
0: giving you a sense of time and like how much they have like
1: in the one thing where it's like hey captain we got to go like when they're getting off the spaceship you know they go you got six minutes like i'm like that's unrealistic like have you ever put on fucking shoulder pads a helmet and cleats like that takes seven minutes like these guys are getting into a system checking every like six i'm like just thinking like why don't you just do fit like an hour? You've got two minutes to gear up, and then you have to hit.
0: Yeah, eject. It's like, like okay, I, I need like I need two minutes just to put my pants
1: on. like yeah. <laughs> who's w- gonna what do that? What are we in doing here? I, I'm like, why do why does it have to be so fucking like arbitrary? Like, just go thirty minutes. No one in the audience is gonna be like, start the timer. And then yeah, like some of the we mentioned
0: it earlier when we started the episode, but like the fucking casting choice. Of Tom Sizemore as like a scientist, mathematician type guy. He's like, he's supposed to be this like weird fucking nerd, and they cast Tom Sizemore who's like, this kind of, like, stocky, like, he seems like he should be, like, the muscle Dude, head of the group. he
1: was in Heat as, like, the brass. Yeah. You know, like, that's what you recognize Sizemore from. Like, he was in Black Hawk Down as he got shot in the neck, had glass in his eyes, and was still, like, I'm ready to go back out there and saddle up the troops. Like, he's the hard-ass motherfucker in this thing. And then they're like, he's a geneticist. <laughs> I, like, I had no, I didn't, they did, like, Carrie Ann Moss is doing, like, the screen reading, Uh, you know, like, everyone's title, who they oh are. Oh, my God, I fucking I, hated
0: that. As soon as that started, I was like, God damn it, this movie's going to be shit. I
1: kind of, so, I'm not a big fan, all right, I was not a fan of it, because I'm not a big fan of thrusting eight names at us right off the way with their titles. It's so terrible exposition. What happened with Sizemore? I didn't care what he was. Like, I was trying to keep up with everyone and mm-hmm. what they're doing. And they just do size, and I, I like—I don't know what he's here for. Like, I heard—I I heard, I heard her
0: say, yeah, I heard her say that he was like the the math, like the group mathematician, and that sort of thing. And I I can see why they would maybe want a character like that because it's supposed to be a dichotomy from like the weird fucking god angle that they had with this movie. Kind of. All right, this is the other
1: aspect too of it. Kind but of. Don't cast Tom Sizemore Kilmer, as a scientist. Well. Even if okay, they did like I was like, oh, I get the like the dichotomy of it, right? Mm. They killed off Terrence Stamp, who they clearly established as a guy. So like, I'm like, did Terrence Stamp revolutionize Kilmer or have him get like uh
0: like convert him?
1: Yeah, like because Kilmer's playing off on this like I have faith, I don't, but never. Yeah, because it's only like it's only like once
0: after Terrence Stamp's character dies, yeah, that. Val Kilmer mentions to Tom Sizemore, like, oh, I don't know if, I don't think science is the only thing. I think we have to have faith. And, like, that's literally the only point in the movie that he brings that back up. It's supposed to give us a sense of, oh, Terrence Stamp put this on Val Kilmer's character to carry through the rest of the movie. But that's the only fucking time that's ever brought up again. It's so
1: inconsistent and stupid. They do, and great films do this, where they do a flashback of the film to bring it (laughs) back up. Could not believe I watched that. And some weird fucking transition of Terrence Stamp going into his head to remember the memory of telling Kilmer, you know, he goes, it, so you miss? I missed it, okay? I didn't catch the line, but also there's was, there was parts I missed because I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And it's not like it's that crazy. It's just kind of like a lot thrown at you trying to remember names and whatnot. But he says, you, could, you know, maybe I'll find uh, a God made this under a rock. You know, but they go back and they show you that memory, which annoyed the fuck out of me. So I'm like, I don't care. But then instead of <laughs> Kilmer starts picking up rocks, like, and that's why he brings it at the end. Cause mm. he, he kind of was just like, you know what? This I'm going to give, you know, it's Mars. And hey, maybe, maybe this signifies that, you know, you have to have a little bit of a greater faith. Like, we made it out. Like, you know, here's kind of that. Instead of doing the fucking flashback that we just saw like 20 minutes ago, like, not. it's not
0: even that much time that passed like
1: have kilmer bring it up and he's just tossing a rock while walking and sizemore goes hey what's that and he goes hey you know maybe i'll find god's name in here or something like that and then that clearly says hey you know man of faith like he's been uh, changed a little bit you know and then it gives a new perspective yes and it puts them at tension right because now you know tom sizemore doesn't have to go well i'm a geneticist and i say fuck that (laughs) like he just goes yeah good luck finding that there are you gonna find and then name off what's in the rock right Mm -hmm. and then you can kind of tell oh that's the man of science and that's the man of faith Mm -hmm. right no, they just they kind of breeze by it. They don't do some weird flashback. I wish they would have done that, where it would have been flashback to Tom Sizemore talking to Kilmer, going like, "I'm the mathematician on the ship," and then it goes back <laughs> into them living. It does know, the because purr- the- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they do like th- the little magical transition, <laughs> yeah, with the twinkles. I love that they t- and they do that with Carrie and Moss at one. point I was
0: gonna bring that up. How did you feel about the other flashback in this I movie? Did, it
1: wasn't all right.
0: It's uh, not technically a flashback because it wasn't played before, but yes. it's like a flash. Flashback in that, like, we didn't see this scene. Yeah. But it takes place earlier in the movie, but they're showing it to us so that we can have some kind of believable connection between Val Kilmer and Carrie Ann. I don't Moss know why they did it. That just wasn't fucking there. Who the fuck before. cares?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Who why? Gives a shit? Why thrust it in there?
0: Why? <laughs> it's to tell us that they love each other and that they're that they into each did. other. He
1: just saw her naked and she was like, you should have kissed me. Like, there's, it's infatuation.
0: Mac, it's an important scene that's in- integral to the story. And without not, it, the movie I, would just suffer.
1: I, I've watched that I was like I, I can't remember if like Kilmer and Karrion Moss like I thought they were boning before all this and like he comes out Caesar naked and he has the joke and he's like well we could do it all over again and I'll, I'll try to you know make sure I don't believe what I'm seeing or whatever the line was like that that genuinely made me laugh but I was like I kind of like Kilmer being the stoner guy that just doesn't give a shit like I'm too cool for all of this you know mm. and I was like I'm really down if like he's just going to kind of be like the the kind of witty like obviously like calm compose gonna get back guy and carry and Ma- moss just have to have to deal with them like i gotta save them they're part of my crew fuck it like we're getting you back like i won't leave without you, you know that would i would have that is so much more believable to me and then they get back and then you know they both kind of look around it's like i guess it's just us two in six months like might as well fuck right <laughs> yeah. like i would have <laughs> much rather respected that than like they go Trying to force this, like, romantic angle they to just, it. a weird flashback.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: not even like,
0: hey, you remember that night? Like, they could have easily... Re- I should have kissed you, shouldn't I have? Yeah, you should have.
1: Yeah, but uh, do it and just... Uh, those two, they you- were, there were only two of them, and they both annoyed the fuck out of me.
0: So, I was going to ask you about... Uh, the use of Carrie Ann Moss's character specifically and what you thought of this. Do you think that they kept her character, the only female character in the movie, by the way? Oh yeah. Do you think they kept her character on the ship solely so that the audience could see her in a tank top?
1: No, she's got her dirty thumb showing at one time.
0: Um, I haven't heard that one before. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um,
1: I feel like this movie did that specifically to like, I, oh, uh,
0: look, boobies.
1: Well, I was kind of half my mind was thinking of Ma- The Matrix, and I think that came out in 99. So yeah, like, it was like
0: right before this movie.
1: Her, her in that ship was kind of reminiscent of The Matrix, so like, I was kind of thinking like, oh, they're using her star power. And they're putting her, her in a familiar setting that the Matrix was in. Mm. You know that maybe there's an association there, something. I don't really. I that that was kind of popping in my head because she kind of had that like grimy, dirty look a little bit, and doing the. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm like, I don't know why they have to have, why there isn't two females. There's a lot of this. So I'll just say right now, I was I was more entertained with this one. Well. I... I Hard to say. I think I was more entertained with this one. This felt more of like a movie to me at the same token. Like I was bored as shit and I couldn't explain why. Right. And I think that you know, talking a lot, I'm kind of recognizing why. Um, I don't I don't know why they only had to have one female. Okay? Like, probably just the love interest aspect that no one gives a shit about. I don't know why they had to kill off two characters immediately when they were going to get hunted by Amy anyways. That didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Well,
0: it's funny because I recognize Terrence Stamp from other movies and I get the sense that he was just an older actor that probably didn't want to be in the movie all that much, so he just said, hey, can you fucking kill off my character so I don't have to do this shit anymore? here's,
1: here's, Here's a great idea. Just throwing this out there tell me if you like this or not they're gonna get hunted by amy doesn't it make more sense to have five people get hunted if they're all gonna die anyways as opposed to three like instead right. of like hey we're gonna kill them anyways and they're gonna find life on mars anyway so like he might have a ruptured spleen let's just get him there we'll save him right the 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 whatever have we can find a fucking oh here's the fucking so-and-so just stamp him right santine for no I've never been... Oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm just getting pissed off right now because I watched this and I think I was more... I Like, this is what part... For no fucking reason, he starts calling out the dude, right? Yeah. For like no reason. Like, he starts calling him a pussy. Start, so I... No reason. I, w- I want to line up the events of this
0: movie in in terms of, like, the characters and their demise. I'm really
1: shouting in this thing. I'm getting more... <laughs> no, you're good. ...vehemently
0: <laughs>
1: upset... You're good.
0: Than, ...than I was when I watched it. What I'm about to say is on track with what you were just saying. Okay. So... Terrence Stamp's character dies because he gets injured, and he's like, leave me behind. I'm going to slow you down. Yes. I'm dead. Yep. So he's out, right? Kind of a... Not really a sacrificial okay. death, but in sort of honorable in the sense that, like, I'm, I don't want to slow you guys down. Leave me here. I'm going to let you go. Yes. Right? Yes. So he dies, whatever. And then the fucking hotshot guy is standing by the cliff and he's like santine he's like you know what maybe if you weren't such a pussy you would see what i see and that you would have the balls to be in charge you're such a fucking asshole i hate you and then of course because he just
1: insulted the guy guy pushes him off the cliff the funny part about that too is that guy was standing there before he was and then he told him to leave (laughs) <laughs> like, he goes, now yeah, get the fuck out of my face. Right. And he, like, I'm like, dude, you just clearly, like, he was here first. Right. You know, which is probably that, like, dominance thing. Like, that guy was like, what the fuck? But non-believable. Yeah, Go so, on. yeah,
0: guy gets pushed off the cliff. He's painted as, like, an unsympathetic asshole anyway, so we don't even care about the guy getting pushed off the cliff. Not at all. Like, what fucking ever? Like, goodbye. Like, I, I probably would have done the same fucking thing. And then they turn that guy, the guy who pushes him off the cliff, he goes from, like, reluctant kind of, like, I don't want to say wimp, but, like, he's just very, like, kind of to himself introverted character to, like, haha, I'm a villain all of a sudden. Do you yeah. think you can trust me? And he's- then when he dies, you don't care about him because they turn him into a villain for some fucking reason. Yes. Even though, like he tried to put up like pull him back or whatever it looked like he's like oh no oh no like he's clearly showing some level of regret when he first does it and then like as the movie goes on he's like
1: i don't know if you can trust me (laughs) the raven it's the raven just the guilt weighing down on him no one even said anything to him that's what drove me nuts too when they're at the ice thing he goes uh he goes gallery can't trust me i know it i can see it in your face and i'm like no one said anything to you, dude. Yeah, like you're, you're just, the one walking around like you, you just did kept something. Keep your mouth shut.
0: Val Kilmer would have let you get on that ship with Tom Sizemore and you could have gone home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they were just like, well, we need to have it so these This is why it pissed me off. Cause like we need to have it so these three guys are here. You know, how about you just do all. Hold on. Really forced fucking conflict doesn't feel organic at all. Oh, well, and I wanted to add on to too because you're talking about all these characters dying. One, Terrence Samp isn't around enough for us to care about him, even though he's the most exactly. prophetic out of all of them. Right. Two is Santine, who no one could care less about dying because it was like whatever that guy's an asshole anyway. So you don't even care about his death. So now that the guy's who's kind of an introvert, you know, I don't want to say like whim- not whimsical, but kind of like. I just don't know if we're going to make it, which I don't blame him. You just got stranded on fucking Mars. He
0: almost felt like Jerry O'Connell's character from Mission to Mars. Exactly. That's
1: exactly it. And you're just kind of like, he's just... At least at first. (laughs) Hoping to God that they make it out. They turn him into the asshole. So the only guy, and not even like the only guy that you kind of care about, but would have been like, man, if that guy turned it around or kind of like. It's Tom Sizemore. No, no, no. I'm saying like that dude. And then he pushes him off. So now you've taken a guy that you could have easily transitioned into that role into like everyone's like bad guy, right? And then you got Sizemore and Kilmer who are fucking wooden as hell because they don't like each other and are pissed off on set. Like I could maybe see like if you gave a shit about
0: like Sizemore's character dying. And that's kind of what the movie is supposed to, like, make you feel. But it totally fails because, like you said, one dimensional fucking character made of a block of wood. His uh, his character is solely there to be, like, scientist character who makes sexist comment towards Carrie Ann Moss earlier in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking dumb. And And then he dies and you're like, okay, cool. I don't give a shit.
1: I was like, oh, man, that's because I don't even know. Like, you're kind of I'm, like, kind of rooting for Gallagher in the whole thing. And it's just like he's he just always struck me as a guy that was too cool, but now I get it. Like, then that, that's probably props to Kilmer, too, for just mailing it in and still being like boy that guy kind of is funny and and cool you know like he he just seems like he could he he seems like he could get back on that spaceship and just be like I'm we're not having sex like i'm good i'm just gonna smoke weed and hang out you know (laughs) like that's like that's how like that's it that but that was just because he's got no fucking emotional tendencies whatsoever because he didn't want to be on this goddamn film and sizemore's the only one that i thought actually tried to do something Mm. but like you're dealing with everyone that you know, like no one cares. That's why. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hear me out. They crash land, right? Terrence Stamp gets saved. Santine kind of does that thing, but they like they, you know, he like recognizes that he's being an asshole to the guy and says, "Hey man, I'm sorry. Like you know what? I'm just spent a long day. <laughs> like let's get back. Let's just hang out with the crew. We'll all die. You know, we'll all be together in peace, right? Pop the helmet. Say all live. Bam. Here comes Amy." kills one of them they injure amy right mm. so now it's four terrence stamps already got the bad spleen they killed she kills santine because he's the least likable of the group anyways mm. uh terrence stamps her they she just hurt sizemore right and then kilmer goes oh shit like get like we hurt her she's now gonna she's in war games like this is it like us four now have to get off and figure this out right Take out the dialogue that the one thing's there until there's only two of them left. Like that's it. Like you ta- just
0: fixed the movie.
1: I'm telling you, well, one. The- <laughs> so Terrence Stamp sticks around. You get more of like his like. Maybe it's God's will that we do. Like we are here. You know, like maybe it's God's will that like my spleen got saved, and maybe that there is a like that's him finding God. Was I have a higher purpose in life, and it's you know making sure that I get you three out of here now. More of
0: his presence in the movie would have made more sense for Val Kilmer's character to have some sort of religious resonance later in the movie. Well,
1: and now he's so he's seeing Terrence Stamp with a ruptured spleen still going on, and it's just kind of like, man, I've been a dick my whole life. Maybe I should like take a little bit of more. Maybe I should humble myself. Maybe I should at least like think about these sort of. Religious
0: philosophical uh, idioms that he was introducing to me earlier in the movie. Yeah,
1: and then that—that's when he picks up the rock and he kind of flips it up, you know, and then he puts it in there. And Terrence is like, "Hey, is God written on that?" And he goes, "No." But maybe I'll find one that is, you know, and just like kind of they both laugh about it, and then it's like, oh shit, there's the callback to the fucking rock now.
0: Yeah, it still would have been like probably really cheesy, but it would have made much more sense,
1: and it oh, wouldn't have pissed me off as much as it did. With I this had, film. I'm so like we're at the difference here because I I liked Amy being out there, and it's like, yeah, I know it's like it's really flawed the whole movie, which kind of in a weird sense wasn't flawed in terms of the science. Now, granted, they didn't say anything about Mars, but like. Sizemore brings up the fact that you know like you come here you have to bring a nuclear detonator you get the carbon going you create your own atmosphere the algae produces o2 you get something to heart and that's kind of like that circle of life now that was actually like what was in the mars direct plan was they would have like something like obviously a little bit more behind it mm-hmm. that was the general gist of it that seismore reads off right so like yeah that that the that little bit of aspect was off but like outside of that the science of the film was actually kind of close to how it really works obviously for entertainment purposes you know but like amy um i i would have been like man having her hunt these guys individually on mars how cool would that be like she takes down one you know what she's capable of now mm-hmm. and now it's these four guys and there's the plot trying to get off mars surviving amy mm-hmm right now let's just have all all these assholes that no one really likes running from amy who's doing the war game thing for no reason because she could have killed us all trying to get off of mars and by the way only two of us can yeah. like dude yeah they went about it almost the completely wrong way yes
0: that they that they could have um so just looking through my notes i feel like there's some some things i wanted to mention yeah <laughs> Uh, I love the line that the, the Santine has when he's like by the cliff and he goes, I can come across as a hard ass. I know that, but technically I didn't fail. Yeah. <laughs> and then he fucking immediately gets pushed off a cliff. It's like, I, I oh, there's just something really comedic about that. Um, there was like some weird fucking music going on with this, like some weird rock techno music with like the echoey drums and the fucking it, there reverby was,
1: instruments that were happening. So like. I guess I'm more of like a metallic clang type of guy rather than like uh, you know the police, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, rather than like Castlevania soundtrack. Well, not. Oh, well, they had the. There was a police song, and then there was another song that they had. It was kind of like a little like a neo punk or a grunge, like not to that effect, because it's obviously still commercial. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought it fit kind of with Gallagher's personality a little bit. Um but yeah there there's some there was a weird tone in here that I didn't I wasn't sure what he was going for. Yeah. And I don't know whose personality it was fitting.
0: Yeah, uh, just so many different things about this like the exposition at the beginning. Poor, very poor, just super forced. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss reading it, Val Kilmer didn't seem like he gave a shit. Just it, all around just really fucking messy and
1: poorly executed. I so I didn't like, I'm like a yes and no. I think it was just really poorly written. Mm. Um, because you know once you get into that game and it's like, all right, like they, they, <laughs> it did do all right, and it's not its fault. I mean, if, if the characters would have cared, I wonder if that would have made any difference. You know, um, but I. I I thought that like the movie, like the 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 effects were bad, and but like in terms of nailing some of some of the science, you know, and some of where it was at, and trying to make it suspenseful, like it was trying to go there. This was this guy's first time directing too. This is his one and only. Film. I, I was gonna
0: say I, I, it was. Um, I don't think I mentioned the name of the director, but let me do that now. Uh, Anthony Hoffman.
1: Yes. And so
0: this, yeah, like you said, this is his one and only movie. He hasn't well, done one after this.
1: When you lose eighty million dollars on a film, you're gonna get blacklisted.
0: Uh, yeah, He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's no unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and that this thing was like heavily budgeted. At
0: least Brian De Palma has a legacy with like Scarface and the that first was Mission his, Impossible. That was his last
1: Hollywood film on like U.S. He he. After that movie, he went to Europe and he 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 made like three more films. Yeah, that's it. Then they're like, "All right, at least
0: he's got something." You know? Yeah,
1: no. Well, he's got Scar. Yeah, it's gonna be De Palma. Like they made a documentary on him. Mm. Like no one's doing An- Anthony uh, Hoffman.
0: No, you know, <laughs> you can't get a Wikipedia page. Then that's that's rough, buddy. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you
1: have a, a movie out there. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you saying? got Val
0: Kilmer, Carrie Ann Moss, and Tom Sizemore in your this movie. This would have
1: been like this would have been a Tropic Thunder type. Uh, this would be a good movie to have a documentary on. Yes. This one would be a really good one to hear, like, what was going on.
0: I need, like, all the documentaries I can get about Val Kilmer just being an asshole on set.
1: Well, yeah, and Sam watched his, like, Amazon thing, and I wonder if, like, like he got humbled in his own doc or if he just kind of talks, like, whatever, like, just doesn't care. Yeah, because he has his own movie about
0: his life and, like, kind of the process of him going through, like, yeah. what was it, Throat Cancer? Yeah or yeah. something yeah. yeah i know
1: i'm because he's talking out of and you know, so he's got that thing going yeah um i'd be curious to see how he how he, he
0: addresses he, his behavior in like in the mid 90s to the early 2000s Tops.
1: you go top top you got top secret top gun you know he's got heat, heat and batman forever so i mean like four probably notable films and dude then, was on top of the world Literally, I mean, dude. He and then you go into Island of Doctor Moreau, the Ghost and the Darkness, and uh, Red sh- Planet. Red Planet. Like, but that's what happened. I mean, just became an asshole, became a diva, and that's what ha- you get. Ran out of stuff. Yeah. And then know?
0: clearly, like when you when you do a project and you don't care, it shows. Because I feel like, I feel like despite how poor the character was in the Ghost and the Darkness, I feel like that's. The one performance out of these three movies that we've discussed on this show so far that he's had the strongest of, you know, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like that, that performance in Ghost in the Darkness is leagues above this movie and fucking, um, yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Red Planet. Well, Red the Planet, the Doctor Moreau. Yeah, the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like that one's leagues above these two. He's movies. probably
1: better in The Ghost in the Darkness than he was in Batman Forever. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he heats he up the, the the thing that sucks is Heat's he probably the crowning moment of his acting career. Yeah. And that's 27 years ago now. Mhm. Like, dude, you know? Yeah, he had a he had a big name for himself. That's for sure.
0: Was there anything else we wanted to talk about with uh Red Planet? I don't know. What would you like, man? We can't just be negative
1: on all of this stuff.
0: Uh I liked some of the set designs. I thought they were cool.
1: Okay, that's how I know it's bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, just like it. I I appreciated that they spent more time on Mars.
1: You know, yeah. Compared to what Mission about Mars. that bouncing thing? You know, I I like that scene. The bouncing thing when they land and they pop it open oh, and preserve. Yeah. That, that's was kinda, that, that was kind of cool. And I that like was that. Ba- that's based on real events too. Like I'm telling you, like some of the science behind this, and like trying to be authentic, but. You know what probably happened? They spent too much time talking to the fucking nerds yeah. and not with the fucking actors. I love the scene where
0: they're pissing on Mars. That's pretty epic. Yeah, um, really
1: cool. My I'm, favorite. I'm glad we got that one. I will say, I had some, I had a couple laugh out loud moments in the thing, which I don't know if it's weird or not, but there were times where I thought it was kind of like witty, you know. And uh, when they were trying to find out how to get to the hub, and they're like, "We need to use math," and then Val Kilmer goes like, "Yeah, well." They were fucking right. Math would save our lives at some point. Every high, every math teacher in high school's fist pumping cuz we now need to use algebra. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that line. Yeah.
1: I really I thought that was funny. And then the other one when they were talking about blasting off and he goes uh he goes I'm going to let you two guys go there. He goes, you know, you guys can go home save the day. Let everyone know that there's life here and they go no you can't he goes oh it's all right the ship's Russian so you guys will probably get 10 feet off the ground anyways and it'll explode and I'll still live longer than you two assholes mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I do like I do I did kind of like the line that I think it was Tom Sizemore who had it where they find out that the, the guy who had worked on that uh, ship on Mars that like Russian thing mm-hmm. was now running a deli and he's like we're putting the life in the hands of someone who's an expert in making sandwiches <laughs>
1: Or yeah, something like that. That, that. Yeah, it was kind of. I guess all Kilmer's lines were mailed in too. It so. was
0: kind of cheesy and corny, but yeah. And I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact line. No, it's pretty. It's
1: pretty fucking close to that. Something like
0: that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of cheeky. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of tongue in cheeky. Yeah, know?
1: there's there's looking back on it now, you kind of think about like, oh man, it was kind of funny the line itself, but the way that they presented it. You can kind of tell that they just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Tom
0: Sizemore was probably just talking to nobody that day because Val Kilmer didn't want to be on set with him. Probably. And then he thought to himself, I'm talking about fucking deli sandwiches to nobody. I want to go home. Yeah. Kill my character. Yeah. <laughs> Let me
1: do the thing where I... Also, that that's actually one of the ones that they said that wouldn't happen and that Val Kilmer would have died. Like, if she would have saw that thing in space, Val Kilmer would have been fried on Mars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that kind of annoyed me. There
0: was a couple things that annoyed me. There's a few things that annoyed me too, but you know, we can, unless we have more to say, we can kind of wrap up. I've already, I think I've got most of it off my chest. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I can go into my rating first. Yep. Two out of 10. Whoa. Yep. Just, man, I just, I was not nearly as interested in this movie. I think that for the most part, the story, the characters, the way it's presented, the pacing is just way less interesting to me. And it just went to a crawl and i feel like equal parts bad but just i don't know the interest level was just gone
1: i i you know and i don't I didn't remember anything of this and I, it was kind of i think it's kind of fun that we got to talk about two movies came out so actually the rivaling movies of the year and they both fell flat on their face oh yeah um i would agree i mean that's i i'd agree with that and i i think um they were banking a little bit on the success, like Amy being that. Like they really, the weird thing is in this thing that they put it out that that Amy was the one hunting them, mm-hmm. and there's only five minutes of Amy. Like it's literally nothing. Like yeah, she does kind of three things, and they don't even do it's it. It's Very and, sporadic how they use her, and then not scary. So uh, I I gave this one a five out of ten. This one's tie. Th- I couldn't have it any lower any higher than Mission to Mars. Um, with the faults that I find in Mission to Mars, I saw the, the, the being brighter with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same token, uh, some of the writing uh, that we get to, where Mission to Mars has these valley peaks, and valleys of entertainment. It's, this movie, I
0: will agree, is more
1: consistent with the tone. Yeah, like this, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a there's it's a good set. They got as shitty as the dialogue and story is. Like it is. It goes point A to point B to point C, and the tone and the ele- the the elements that we're dealing with are the uh, yeah, um, are are consistent. Mm. Whereas that one, it's like we go from this to this to this to this, you know. Let's try so, this genre. Let's try this genre. We're yeah. a
0: horror movie. We're
1: a fun, goofy space movie. Yeah, and I think that's where that one. So anyway, five out of ten for me. I mean, it's and you know, and Kilmer's in it, and I I laughed more in this one than I did Mission to Mars. So uh, I thought some of the lines were funny. I just it's. Man, and now I'm looking back and he's talking about the thing with Amy. And I was like, man, you know, that kind of Kimber doesn't seem too concerned about Amy. And he's like, I bet she's just because he's so cool. No, he just fucking mailed it in. He just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he just literally did not mailed care. it in. Like, literally, he was just like, that's Amy. She's doing war games. She's gonna hurt one of us, and then she'll her character. Probably
0: his character felt the exact same as it did in Island of Doctor Moreau.
1: It's the same guy. It's the same he, dude. He still had the weird fucking attire too. Like Val's gonna dress himself today like a five year old. Yeah, you know. It's like
0: goddamn. Speaking of five year olds, we got five epic questions. Oh. that we can answer. Three of them are from the audience. Two of them are ones that I came up with. Okay. So we'll get the audience ones first, yeah. and then we'll do mine after. So our first question is from Drew, who asks, what is the best 10-year span of all films for an actor slash actress uh, and a director in their careers? So we got to come up with three of these? Um, Not necessarily. I think... Oh, just
1: picking out a picking anyone just picking anyone
0: okay yeah i mean spielberg's got a pretty good track record you know especially like the 90s even like before then because he had jaws um close encounters all the in all the indiana jones yeah schindler's list saving private ryan yeah he had so many
1: he's uh he's kind of like one of the all times you know
0: yeah go very impressive and like even Ridley Scott too, especially in like the eighties the and nineties, had a really good run mm-hmm. with like Blade Runner and Alien. Um I know Gladiator was a little bit later, but you know, that was a little bit long time ago. Yeah, I I'm would
1: trying who I'm trying to think of someone that would have like maybe an actor that's had a great, you know, just knocked it out of the probably Tom Hanks in the nineties. I was thinking like, Tom
0: Hanks, nineties Hanks.
1: I would've did, I would have said Tarantino. Okay. I think Tarantino probably from 03 because I mean like dude I mean, he comes out with a movie every what two three years so you're looking at possibly three to four films so I mean it's really just depending on when you want to pick that film mm-hmm. and you know I mean, Tarantino like he, he he's had a run of success with his films oh yeah you know so um,
0: Brad Pitt was doing pretty well for well I he's still doing well but it feels like he's in less notable stuff than he used to be. Because like, there was that run where he was doing shit like Mr. and Mrs. Smith and like, shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, don't shit know. like that. I don't know why that's you the only one I can think of. You pick one
1: film from 06 <laughs> to name <laughs> off and you don't even come up with the rest of them. Oh, okay. Uh, you want to know? Let's, well, do, got, let's do Brad Pitt. Let's okay. just look. Maybe
0: like 2010's Brad Pitt. Because there's Tree of Life. There's... Oh, God. Don't... don't. Fucking, Have you seen Tree of Life? Not yet. Don't... Don't... I plan on it.
1: Oh, Good God.
0: Bra- uh, not Breaking Benjamin. That's the band. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That was around
1: that time. Producer Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's... A- I wonder what production house he owns. Here, I'll look That's up. probably why he's not acting. I got Brad... I'm, I'm looking Brad Pitt right now. And you let you led off with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? So that was 05. So yeah. you go Babel to Ocean 13 to the assassination of Jesse James by the uh, coward Robert Lee Ford. Uh, burn after reading, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Glorious Bastards, Mega Mind, Tree of Life, Money Ball. That's actually not a bad year stretch. Killing,
0: no, it's not killing them <laughs>
1: softly. Well, no, I think the reason why is because <laughs> I just read the Counselor. That movie's terrible
0: uh i want to i want to watch that one that one's a cormac mccarthy adaptation
1: Mm -hmm. oh is it yeah i think i've read that somewhere and that's kind of why i saw it um i because i heard it had really bad reviews and it's got fassbender in it who he's one of my fucking guys that are dudes i know um
0: i love michael fassbender but he is just in some shit Yeah, I don't know
1: what he, I think he's, I think he's like the Val Kilmer of the 2010s. Like, he did fucking
0: Snowman, that horrible fucking movie. There's like a detective murder mystery.
1: Guarantee you he is a, like, a huge diva. Like, I think the same thing happened to Tom Hardy. Like, you don't just go from being in some of these big name films with some of these, like, you know, big name directors into just shit. Like, guarantee he pissed people off and did the wrong thing, and now that's why he's in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, same thing i th- say about Nick Cage. Like, everyone talks about Nick Cage needing money. It's like, no, even, like, let's just say he does like acting, you know? He probably pissed off a lot of people, and he just had to accept the roles that were given to him, and it's just really bad, low-budget films. Mm-hmm. And it's like a wrestler that uses his name to promote himself, but he, he he's not working with any of the big-name guys, you know? So Brad Pitt's not a bad choice, though. No, I think
0: um, I'm. I'm just looking at his filmography just to confirm. But like, fucking Jake Gyllenhaal had a really good run in like the 2000s or like the the 2010s. It's hard. so like Prisoners, okay. Enemy, Nightcrawler. Those Prisoners and Enemy came out the same year. Nightcrawler the year after. Nice. Uh, fucking Everest, 2015. Nocturnal Animals 2016, yeah. Oaksha 2017, The Sisters Brothers 2018. I
1: haven't heard that one.
0: Um, I think that's got John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix in it. Oh, that's a Western Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that one. It's been on my list for so long. Really? Yeah. But that yeah, he's just he, he had like such a good stretch. Jill and is a good one. Yeah. It feels like lately he's doing a lot of movies that you can clearly tell her like him just doing it for the paycheck like a fucking ambulance or um, yes he's having a he's making a roadhouse remake with fucking conor mcgregor nice have you have you seen that no, like any news about i've that?
1: seen some stuff like he i saw. yeah i i don't know he pops up in random things like there's one where he's in an octagon he fought someone like they promoted an mma fight with him and something yeah like he's I, think doing- that's,
0: I think that's supposed to promote Roadhouse or something. Oh, shit. really?
1: Like that's like the opening to Roadhouse, and then I he don't gets it's bounced out of MMA. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I I Hall's a good choice. Yeah. Jillen Hall would be one of my choices for actor um, at least.
1: Yeah. I'd probably say like De Niro, I think fits in there.
0: De Niro. <laughs> um I mean DiCaprio is super selective. So it's not like he is right. in movies very often, but the movies he is in especially like within the last like 15 years have been pretty good.
1: We need to do like a, just like a episode. one. Well, I guess it's hard to be, but like figuring out like the wine cellar, uh, nominations, uh, one of Bill Simmons, he wrote the book of basketball. Uh, but one of the things that he talked about was a wine cellar and, um, Picking out you know like a certain basketball team from a certain year, kind of like you would do with a nineteen you know like a Chardonnay whatever from France in nineteen. Okay. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I've got a really. This is what you want to taste. Like this is like one of the ones that I'm holding. Top ten wines I have in there, right? And so he would do that, and he would talk about the basketball teams. We need to have like a top five wine cellar of like. Uh, Actors like do like I'm gonna go Gyllenhaal 2011 to 2015 and name off like his six films and be like you give me Gyllenhaal in that stretch and put him in like The Godfather you know fucking nail it you Mm. know or like give me Scorsese like boom 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 you know yeah. Like just figuring out that, just figure out like what's our number. Like one, you know, this is like I want DiCaprio from this era to this era. Like, because I think it's hard, and it's a fair question of a ten year stretch. I think it's just hard because you have so many ups and downs with the movies that come out. Yeah, because
0: an actor will be consistently good, but then they'll be in some shit like, like one or two movies like yeah, every other year. Ambulance, yeah. fucking. I, I don't know i i heard the guilty the stranger, wasn't that great right, The
1: guilty yeah yeah maybe i mean it's you know i i haven't seen him so i shouldn't shit on him too much They could be suspenseful and a little entertaining so mm-hmm. but that would be i think that'd be i'd write that down do do your top five give me i i'd like a nice little martin scorsese 78 to 83 you yeah. know like, we could do that yeah i'd be down yeah because i'd be interested to see like what one would be my top Marvel how it how it fucking just (laughs) like look at this fucking you
0: pick Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. between
1: 2008 and 2018 yeah fucking give me give me this give me this but you have to include all the movies in that span yeah like you can't be selective and just choose like those movies well the
0: only other movies he did between then was like what uh, Sherlock Holmes or something right Mm -hmm. because he did fucking Doolittle after Endgame so
1: oh he did yeah interesting yeah
0: interesting yeah. It's right the Mr. Danny Chris dude Nolan Nolan yeah Christopher Nolan that Nolan's consistent but he he's kind of like DiCaprio he's very selective hold on
1: yeah well that that's what you're taking dude because you could get let me right. see this let me let me read you off a little like it,
0: it'd be interesting to compare a director slash actor with others in terms of like volume
1: versus quality you know true i mean but you know that's why you know the guys that you know it's because of the quality it's not the volume of work those guys you never true. you might catch a name just because like one of their movies actually hits yeah dude all right so give me a little christopher nolan Pinot Grigio, right? (laughs) So, like, uh, seriously, you want to talk ten years stretch? We'll do ten years, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one in here, okay? Okay. Just because it could, the Prestige, yes, to the Dark Knight, to Inception, to the Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you can say what you want, but Interstellar. All right, now they got this really weird one in here. It's called Quay. It says it's eight minutes, so I don't know if that one counts or not. Um, an eight-minute documentary, which I don't think counts. So I'll take his next film, Dunkirk. Okay. Like you go that, like give me that stretch, because then it goes into Tenant. You get Tenant and Oppenheimer, and I think Tenant would like Tenant would make that that wine right there, where you're sipping on it at the very end, go "Mm, a little too bitter. So I've got a good one. Okay. And
0: it'll be interesting how it shapes up with this movie coming out later this year, Denis Villeneuve. His name already kind of sounds like a wine. Yeah. So not even counting like his earlier French Canadian stuff. No, you you get you get a start and end at a certain. You get that. You get a period. So if we're starting twenty thirteen, we're starting with Prisoners. Boom, which is like fucking strong. Yeah. You've got Enemy. Yes. Right. Sicario.
1: Yeah, that one's That movie's fucking insane. Arrival. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Arrival's not bad. Blade Runner twenty forty nine sick. Dune. And then we'll see how this
0: one shapes up. But if Dune Part Two can land it, yeah, that would be fucking great. Like that would be
1: banger. Pretty. So like your two worst films in there is uh, Enemy and like probably Dune. Yeah, hey, but prob- probably. But I'm like, not like when I say bad, like you, you're talking like yeah, man, it's a fucking seven and a half but out if, of ten.
0: If but we're yeah, well, if we're looking at these movies, I like none of them I've rated below an eight. Like out of any of these movies that I've seen that you are from... You Enemy like, at 8?
1: Yeah. Really? I thought you said it was all right.
0: Uh, I think it was one of those things. I would love to revisit it, but it was one of those movies where like, I first watched it when I was really getting into movies. Yes. And so I remember you talking
1: about it, and I...
0: I think I... I yeah. I think we talked that? about it like right after I watched it, and I wasn't ending. entirely
1: sure how I felt. I think the ending fell a little flat, if I remember right. Yeah. Maybe that's when we throw on there. That's a great... So, I mean, that that's a 10-year stretch right there. That's a really that's good 10-year nice, stretch, especially
0: if Dune Part 2 can land That's, it.
1: like, a nice... That is something that you throw in there. Because, like, let's just say you pick out that year's... You have those DVDs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, hey, like, house party going on. Like, you know, this is, like, th- this is what we're throwing on. And you go, I got a good selection to choose from. Yeah. You know? It's like, yo, pass the
0: aux cord. Okay, but you better not play trash. And then I play the Dune throat singing music.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah sure awesome you're like i know what you're talking about yeah that's a uh great metaphor nice (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) we're getting Uh, foreshadowing with this aren't we yeah um do we have any more to say about this uh question
1: no great question and i I think i think it just actually so there's two lists i know Right. we we need to write down the list that we need to create though but top five guys that are dudes Mm. is one and then uh top five wine cellar movies wine cellar movies i love that concept yeah i think it's great it's really it's really fun to think about and it's also fun to think that like i like that it's like all right like if you take jill and all you have to take in those shitty films so you do have to if like you have those in there have to worry about your guests going hey put on that one mm. it's like no no that's okay no nah, 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 that's nah, okay no
0: nah, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, you said you
1: had really good jill and all put put that one on and you're like ah, <laughs> no that's all that, not prince of persia that's not the one you want <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Our next one comes from Gideon. Nice. Who asks? What light through yonder window breaks? What? What is it now? What <laughs> light through yon your window breaks? What light through yonder window breaks? Who's yonder wind? Yeah, yon- yeah. That's what I want to ask. Is like, it who a the person? fuck is this yonder window? Yeah, yeah. And why is he breaking? Or like, <laughs> maybe his name is just Yonder and he's breaking my windows. Like, I don't I don't get it, dude. That would be an
1: interesting one if you're... Uh, probably Window would not be the last name, but... Yonder Window? Yeah. That sounds like... <laughs> it sounds like a Wes Anderson... That sounds
0: like the name that Charlie Day would have named his main character, because in fucking Fool's Paradise, he names his character Latte Pronto. <laughs> oh, really?
1: Yeah fool's paradise yeah oh
0: that that's one that was like just that just came out like this past year
1: it fucking sucked um i'm sad to say (laughs) it's just fell flat yeah but yonder window would not be a bad name i can't let me see the i gotta see it written out oh yeah here you go pass you the phone uh
0: i i love that he capitalized every word too
1: as if it was like a uh so is a that, title is of it, a movie. To get philosophical, is it asking what what film lights my soul? What when what light what movie breaks through that uh, impenetrable shield? So you that don't we have all up you don't recognize that line at all.
0: No. Okay, I will I will fill you in. It's a line from Romeo and Juliet. You know, when he's going Oh, sure. Soft what light through yonder window breaks it yep. is the east and Juliet is the sun like that's that's where that's from
1: okay is that mercutio or is that i think that's just uh that's that, romeo that's romeo talking about juliet
0: yeah he's like outside of her bedroom window
1: and she's oh, he's like talking to her oh yeah
0: he's like talking out loud hoping he'd she'd hear him or something i don't know i don't remember um i'd have to watch the leo version again
1: but right that one's the best one (laughs) pinnacle
0: i don't know what you're talking about that 67 version shakespeare would have given a standing ovation he he does a line of coke if he'd (laughs) seen boz lerman's fucking romeo and juliet movie um
1: oh my god yeah the elvis fucking
0: yeah i i didn't realize he directed the leo romeo and juliet movie I, but it makes sense. It makes fucking yes, sense now that I think back saying. to it. That's what I'm saying. It's
1: up and that's ambitious. Uh, so what, it like, certainly dude, is something. Um, I gotta man- it's gotta be something. I don't know. Well, I don't light know. through
0: yonder window breaks. I yeah. think that light's name is Kenneth Brannow because he does so many fucking Shakespeare movies. That that has to be <laughs> oh, the right answer, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm going with yonder window. <laughs> oh, yonder window is the answer. Yeah. The answer is in the question. It <laughs> breaks the light. <laughs>
0: Breaks this fucking podcast. That'd
1: be fucking great. It's just, it's smash cuts to a guy throwing a shoe up into a, you know, lamp. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's just. I'm picturing some, like, toothless
0: heathen that looks like he's out of a Charles Dickens novel his name's yonder window yeah, i was gonna
1: say Ebony, ebenezer scrooge it's like it's that it just basically he's yeah, a knockoff yeah like the he's got like the towel wrapped around his uh knuckles for no reason oh, well because they're bloody because he keeps breaking so many no, windows it's just that it's like you know like keep your uh you know keep your hands warm oh. it's like i'm just gonna it's just knuckles and palms baby that's all you need yeah yeah you know it's like he's going to fight club <laughs> Yeah, that's what
0: i'm picturing uh, great question, Gideon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yonder Window is a great name. <laughs> uh, speaking of names, Chris asks this question, and you'll really like this one. Okay. What are the best and worst cereals? Best and worst cereals. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh well, God. if you go out into my kitchen right now, Mac, you will see that I have not only Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but I have Cocoa Pebbles. I'm a I'm a cocoa pebbles kind of man. Are you a cocoa pebbles or fruity pebbles guy? No,
1: I'm I'm a neither. What do you mean you're a neither? Those things sucked. What? I'm I'm really one, oh, one, Okay, they're the fruity pebbles. Yeah, somewhat tasty. It you got there's a shelf life of fucking two minutes. You put those things in milk and it's a sprint to get done. I like to enjoy my cereal. All right, not shovel it into my mouth and because well that's you, why you got it. You gotta, you got to be
0: strategic about it so like what i do is oh yeah. I, let's go into your cocoa pebble we'll go strategy. into my routine i i will give you my strategy right now mm-hmm. maybe this will help you in the future and then you'll like cocoa pebbles i don't know but what i do you get a nice big bowl yep dump that shit in there right okay set it up to where i'm gonna eat it yep. get a glass put the oj in the glass because i like to have oj with my cocoa pebbles Mac what? is giving me a look like I just committed a war crime. Yeah, what? <laughs> but I set that next to it. You're I gonna get, turn into yonder window. I get my napkin. I get my spoon, and then I get the milk, and then I pour the milk. Napkin. Yeah, because I gotta get I gotta get it set up so I have everything ready to go for when I get the milk. Because I don't yeah, disagree. You're getting the time crunch. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, it. There see? is a time crunch, but I enjoy it. Right. I enjoy. I enjoy <laughs> that period between when the cocoa pebbles are still crispy but you dip them in milk it's so fucking good
1: i am now thinking about you and your like some sweat on your brow as you're watching the clock tick and once it hits 12 dumping it and doing all that shit and like like looking back up knowing that at some point if you take a breath of a second it's gonna just like deflate and you're gonna look down and be
0: like fuck it that's why you got to prepare yourself you got to be smart about it so you got to just set it up so where you put the milk in and luckily my seat is right next to the fridge put the milk in put the cap on open the fridge put it back sit down enjoy my bowl enjoy my bowl in the two and a half minutes that i get with it well i mean i also have a video going and ready to go <laughs> yeah it's always three minutes guys because i i have this <laughs> habit to where i need to watch something if i'm eating something. You know, if I'm at home sure, and I'm eating sure. something, the the, monotony of, the monotony
1: of food and life, it really is boring.
0: Well, if I'm if I'm out to eat, <laughs> most of the time I'm with people, so right. then I can enjoy their company. But if no one else is around, it's like I have to have overstimulation because I'm a fucking millennial and I, I need this. I was
1: just about that'd be such a great diet. Like imagine all right, I got to lose 20 pounds. I'm just not going to wa- I'm going to leave everything just quiet, and I will never eat. You've been conditioned. Your Coco Pebbles conditioned you. I, I'm i a willing participant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have consented to this. Coco Pebbles and General Mills no. have not have not
1: put a spell on me oh my god dude when i was living with my buddy a couple years ago he he would buy fruity pebbles and like every time he'd get the family box and i would just be like why that's what i why do get. you torture yourself <laughs> and then preston would want cereal and he'd eat it and then guess who the who's got to clean it up this guy Cause he'd get through and then after three minutes, if he has one conversation with me, takes a bite and he goes, Oh, they're too soggy. And then I'm like <laughs> staring and I'm like, there's half the bowl. Yeah. I've never we had that shit when I was growing up. Anytime we got it, Sam Sam would eat him because Sam probably, you know, would grab a magazine and do the same thing. Like, I've got three minutes, I'm just gonna go and I and now I know what I can read in three minutes. Never liked it. I'm not doing it. I like to enjoy myself. Now, all right. granted, all cereal has a certain expiration time in there, but normally it's an enjoyable amount of time. Well, let's hear your
0: cereals then. Let's hear your top cereals,
1: uh, So, I think just nostalgia alone taste and and just content cinnamon toast crunch now i say content because the back of those boxes would usually have a maze or you'd have to find something so there's your time you're just sitting there eating cereal and then you can look at the back of the box and they'd have a crossword puzzle a maze in there cinnamon toast crunch is delicious dude and and that's what i'm saying i mean top top i mean come on anytime when you were a kid we'd have to have it on sale right mm. like if it wasn't on Sam, my mom wasn't gonna you get just it. weren't gonna get it well and that's you know me and sam could wolf down a box of that thing with one one sitting mm-hmm. so my mom's like looking at it like that's a five dollar breakfast we were growing boys you had to yeah. have something so i, well, I wish you would have known that um so anytime i got it it was a treat so that's another reason why i like it mm-hmm. and so even now like I, I you can have too much of it in my opinion but if you do just the right amount of time fantastic um lucky charms is up there captain crunch peanut butter crunch that's probably number two for
0: me mm. me personally i'm not big on like peanut buttery cereals i don't yeah. know why i just never have been i'm
1: not gonna I'm, that's one of those things i uh in my internship in 2014 um i used to eat peanut butter cheerios and milk okay so that would be that was like one of the people like i would take a scoop of peanut butter put it in the cereal and put the milk in there really oh yeah dude <laughs> Don't knock until you try it. And the nice thing about that too, there's no fucking expiration time. You don't have to sit there and get all that peanut butter down within two minutes. All right, all I'm, right. I'm, you're right. I don't need to sit here and bash fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles. I don't also. I don't like the count chocula stuff. I'm not a big chocolate guy. In my cereal. Yeah, cocoa pebbles is really the only one that I'm attached to.
0: My mom would never let me get tricks like ever. No matter how many times I asked for it, yeah. no matter how many times it was fucking advertised to me as a kid where they beat it into your head and say, oh, tricks are tricks, for- tricks are for kids. I would sit there and be like, I'm a kid. I want tricks. Mom, can we get tricks? And she would never get me tricks. Yeah. Never, ever get me tricks. And I think maybe it's because it would destroy the roof of your mouth, but I'm not 100% certain on that. Because Captain Crunch does that too, right? Yes, I
1: was about to say there. Yeah, Captain captain crunch series i think is fantastic i mean between peanut butter crunch normal captain crunch and the Wildberry crunch
0: solid foundations i would
1: say if you're looking at like a top three because cinnamon toast crunch is like the waffle crunch or something like that and that one's like eh, you know but cap if you're looking at like a package deal like a family of like i'm taking that one Mm -hmm. i'm ambivalent on apple jacks Nah. i could take them or leave them yeah it's all right yeah they're good like i like i'm like uh you know i like uh um what is it? what's the tony the tiger um, oh frosted flakes frosted flakes i love that one is one where i could literally take a half gallon bowl pour milk into it and eat a whole box like that's i but that's one of the ones i'm not going to the store and being like i gotta find my frosted flakes same things peanut butter cheerios and milk love it fantastic but I don't need to go out and get that stuff because it's a little bit of an operation. But I was gonna say, this sounds like you need a lot of
0: external ancillary product to yeah. enjoy your cereal at that point.
1: And, you know, it's yeah. I'm not. Don't buy Cheerios on their own. You know, I wouldn't suggest that unless you need the fiber. Um, <laughs> unless you're an old yeah. fucker. Raisin brands not bad either. Uh, I, I'd probably take raisin band before I do Applejack's. Okay. I would probably do Raisin Bran before I do Tricks or uh, Fruit Loops.
0: Yeah, Fruit Loops this I feel the same about them as I do Apple Jacks. Yeah. I mean they're basically of a similar ilk. Yeah. I can just take them or leave them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else we wanted to say about cereals? <laughs> no, cereals.
1: No, no, no,
0: no. Kyle, you're a real serial killer. Ah. Uh, is that what we were going for? Yes. Speaking of killer, Yonder. we got some killer questions that I came up with. I'm, yeah. I'm promoting myself. There we go. So I wanted to ask these just because it is episode 50, and I think it would, it would be fun to ask questions that were of a more retrospective nature.
1: Okay. In terms of in. like
0: you and me doing this show. Yep. So... I have two of them. My first one is: What are movies you've talked about on the podcast that you'd possibly like to revisit in the future? So, I have some answers. Uh, if you want to give it a think, uh, I think that it being the first episode that we did, we could maybe eventually revisit Drive and Only God Forgives. I think that'd be fun eventually. Well, you maybe know, not like so. Super like soon.
1: half the issue is like Drive. I don't yeah like i do i yeah i mean i would I, that one i'm just curious about it's like how much do i get out of it not only god forgives because i don't even think i saw that when we when we talked about it yeah because i remember I, I i had to go off my so that would be an interesting one yeah have a little more fresh take on it that'd be interesting
0: yeah and also the other one just purely from a technical standpoint i'd like to eventually revisit kill bill just because the audio got fucked up oh with that episode yeah so it'd be nice if we had a conversation about that those two movies where you could at least bear through the conversation and and have a nice enjoyable listening experience with our discussion on
1: it oh yeah that would be like uh yeah i won't and you're picking the two like ones that i just don't care about yeah <laughs> Wow. like that's okay <laughs> well i'm just saying like i out of all of his movies those are like the ones that I'm like they're good but you know by the way i think you were right about the black phone um really yeah i was talking about that with uh um Jasmine the other day and i i oh there was a a house that we were looking at or something like to airbnb okay and she goes what's this remind you of and I saw the house, and I was like Oh, I was like, I'm going to drop this one. I go, The Black Phone. And I didn't think She goes, That's what I was thinking. And oh, I was nice. like, Oh, I didn't think you remembered that film. She goes, No, I kind of do. You know, we saw it at the drive. And I was like, Yeah. And I go, I there. I was like, You know, Kyle's right. It was like, That movie was kind of forgettable. Yeah. Like, just nothing really. Sta- uh, Yeah, I remember you were pretty into it.
0: I no, don't want to no, say I'm...
1: you were giving it more shit. And I, I was uh, giving it a lot of shit. Yeah. And I, I you know, i i didn't i i was kind of backing it up of like looking back I was like yeah I guess it, w- it was a little bit of a uh, you know like I'm looking at like the a24 films but I don't even know if it's like revisiting it
0: yeah just kind of i don't know maybe an update but there's so many a24 movies out now like yeah. i don't even i haven't even kept track of my list well, I would
1: have done it from for what a we kind of
0: what we had yeah, um like have a top at least a top 20 or something or like top 15 yeah
1: well whatever like whatever we label like read off like that would be the ones that i'd want to revisit or see if i haven't seen it like you can't add any new ones but if we also didn't put them on our list of what we've seen like you can't bring them now back in Mm -hmm. you know because like it wouldn't be revisiting it like but since we all talked about those films you know like i feel like i would throw that in there uh you know i I, kind of going through this stuff um I don't really know how many of these ones that I'd want to like Blade Runner 2049, but it's not necessarily for uh, um, a thought. per. I mean, it's just viewing pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Only God Forgives probably would pop up on there. Maybe some of the ones that we talked about from the 2022 Academy Awards. Yeah. Or the 2020. 2020- I would like to have a f- probably 2022.
0: I would, I'd like to have a, eventually maybe a, a whole episode Obviously, on like another movie, but like a full-length discussion on Tar, I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I could watch Tar again too. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think. I don't know if my brother liked it or not, but
0: I, I that one was riveting. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yes, that one. I think I could do like a full discussion.
1: Um, cool. Did we have any more for that one? No, I mean just going through it. You know, from a lot of, I would say more so for me would be some of the lists that we've talked about than would be like the individual movies. I, I think. Just from talking about them or going through it, I feel like I throw it on. One of the things that I don't like is throwing on a movie and then walking step by step with it, you know, and Mm. it's kind of like, you're not really, hopefully it provides more insight or thought, but you know, I'm not, I'm not huge into that 2049. I honestly, it's like, I've seen it. I I know I loved it and I can't remember anything about it. So just throwing it on, but like, I don't know how much more it would be like, oh shit, you know? Yeah.
0: How much more could, could we say that we haven't already said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how much? Yeah, how much more could a woodchuck chuck? Yonder window, answer this question for us. So going from that, our last one that I had that I wanted to ask was: What's your favorite movie? The other co-host has recommended for the show.
1: You getting upset with some of these interesting ones? Um, <laughs> I I did think about that. I was like, man. Nah, you're good, dude. Because
0: I have an answer. For one that you've recommended, really, and one that I might not have given enough credit to when we first talked about it, uh, the th- well, actually, did you recommend the thing? Yes. Uh, or did I recommend it? I don't remember. I know it was your favorite, one of your like favorite movies. Uh,
1: you, I feel like
0: I'm gonna I... take credit for
1: it just because I brought it up and said we should watch it, but I think you might have did it after we watched Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. It was well, what one was up first? Let me see it.
0: Oh, you know what? A really, yeah. I think I think I might. You, have recommended you had to it. have
1: done it because I think I. Uh, you did
0: the big Lebowski before, and then because the next episode after Big Lebowski is the one where you're not on it, and then and then you come back, and then we do the thing. So yeah, I think I think that one was my recommendation. I think you oh. wanted
1: to see it, and then I came up with um, and then I came up with uh, kind of a.
0: Kind of an idea.
1: Yeah, well I was thinking, you know, that you'd like to um I thought it'd be a John Carpenter would be fun. And pfft. Yeah. Guess it wasn't.
0: <laughs> uh <sighs> Um Bone Tomahawk was I think your recommendation though, right? That's what I was kinda of,
1: yeah, it was. And I that one That one's fantastic. You know what's interesting? Yeah. Stock, stalker being in my portfolio. That one is another one that I I I'm not gonna say I could I could probably no, <laughs> maybe I you're don't know. Now that I'm there. thinking you're about, like, it, it's like man, I really remember loving talking about this. You're on I, the
0: edge of like saying you could revisit. it. I remember loving, but talking I can see you fighting it. it.
1: No, because I like yeah, I like talking about it so much, but I didn't like watching it. Like it was <laughs> like, dude, that might be the tree of life for you. Like you might be like, man, like what a philosophical, like just beautiful, you know, blah blah blah. And then you're like, I don't know if I can watch it again. And then be like, hey, like we should. Watch. Watch it again. Uh, did you recommend the Neon Demon, or did I? I did. Ye- you did? I think I did because I, I think it, at that yeah, point no, it, did.
0: it had been a year of us doing the podcast, and I wanted mm-hmm. to do another uh, Nicholas Winding Refn movie. Yeah,
1: because I nope and attack. I think I recommended Attack the Block. Yeah, yeah, because you talked about the Gray Man and Collateral. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you rec Neon Demon. Uh, I think would be in here. Um, I loved. Uh, I really enjoyed Magnolia.
0: You recommended that one yeah pta yep because i we yeah i hadn't seen it either um really memorable movie yeah tom cruise (laughs) tom cruise is like a as an incel motivational speaker (laughs) (laughs) well that's when i learned tom cruise
1: had chops right i don't
0: i don't i didn't give him nearly enough credit he's got something more than just charisma leading man
1: yes um yeah i think i mean I, i um I was just like Neon Demon Stalker, uh, would be in there. Uh, Sleepaway Camp. No, okay. I, did I? I recommended Sleepaway Camp, didn't I? You did, yeah. Because you
0: also did Silver
1: Bullet. Yes. And you recommended All Quiet on the Western Front, or did I?
0: Well, that was I think just like the, the new. new one. Movie. That was a good
1: call on the new one. Because what we, was
0: what was with that one?
1: I'm trying to scroll Warriors. through and see it. Yeah, that was because you recommendation. recommended the Warriors, and then we had we had that go with it.
0: Oh yeah, I did, didn't
1: I? Yeah, but I had already seen the Warriors. I mean, it wasn't like. Uh, yeah, I often, I feel like I often recommend uh, movies that you've already seen afraid. that I haven't. Well, I love. I mean, I'm I've, dude, I, I like I've seen both of the ones that we just talked about today. I really like going back and seeing some of them because a lot of just from talking on this the podcast, like one of the things that it's done is it's helped me. Criti- critically think about movies slightly more not saying it's great but like you can kind of you pick up on a little bit more of what's going on between the score the production the sets mm. you know some of the lighting yeah you know, how some it all comes together screenwriting characterization like building characters whatever you want to call it you know I mean it's one of the things you watch a movie and typically it's like oh what did I think about the characters were they funny did I like them was the story good and now there's a little bit more that goes into it you know and it, it opens you up to being more receptive watching these things and kind of Thinking about them and their impact on others. Now I still don't get too deep into it, but whatever you know. It's you know we go as deep as we
0: need to. Yes, and what and light through yonder window breaks? That's what I was about to say. I love
1: yonder window.
0: Yonder window, you're my man. Yeah, shout out. <laughs>
1: We need a new shirt with a yonder
0: window on it.
1: <laughs> what you know, what it needs to be is the it says yonder window and then it said that graphic of the Russian bear and red planet. I thought that thing was absolutely hilarious. I hated that they had to put that in there so that way the audience can tell if something's good or bad because it was in Russian. Yeah. But I did love oh, his yeah, little, yeah, the little like cartoon bear. Yeah, the cosmonaut Russian bear as a, you know, sitting there to say, like good job or not good. That'd be such a niche shirt. <laughs> exact that's our fucking crew man that's right (laughs) yeah
0: if we're anything we're niche
1: i'm telling you i saw that thing and i was like i love that thing like i love it sitting there i know it's fucking a plot device to make sure that we all know what's going on but like i still that is awesome
0: oh my god that is an idea yes was there anything else we wanted to say with this question
1: no, I those are I think those are the couple. But I'm gonna tell you right now, top three movies that you've said. Now, even though Bo is Afraid came, Bo is Afraid's number one. I'm so happy that that's in my life, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's maybe more anxious or recognizing my anxiety, but that movie is just like it was fantastic. Yeah, um, it was really good. Neon Demon, uh, being in there, uh, not that I think about it constantly or whatever, but that I really, I really like that, and it kind of swayed me on where I sit with Winding Refin. Mm-hmm. You know uh and then uh stalker stalker is one that Stalker is probably tied with blade runner 2049 in terms of films that i think about a little bit more so than others that i don't remember anything about
0: stalker is i think one of the favorite conversations that we've had on the podcast
1: it was a really good one. that one was kind of deep and that was was. a a pretty good interpretation (laughs) and some self-reflection and and sitting there talking about a film and
0: yeah i think i think
1: we covered it very well
0: yeah i'd agree all right well one more bit of business well, McLean, you get to assign right? So I, I want to ask you, because I know we've got your diaper party coming up. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that. And uh, we've got a busy weekend ahead of us, you especially. Yes. So I want to be conscious of your time. Yep. And I know that both Oppenheimer and Barbie are coming out. Yes. And I would really like to talk about both of those movies on the same episode. So I'm going to ask you, would you be okay if I recommended a third film to go in with those two or do you want to just talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer? Um, Because two, both those movies you'll have to go to the theater to see. That's
1: what I'm thinking about. That's the one probably not. One, the reason why I'm saying probably not is because they come out a week, the next weekend, so I only have one week to get these things in before we record again. And I'm already probably going to try to struggle finding a time to do that. Okay. So I'm going to say no. We'll see these two. Um, Yeah, unless we were to break it up and you gave me more time to see, I would say, Barbie. And I would include that with my film pick or Oppenheimer. Then we could sneak a third one in there. But if not, if you want to do both of them, then yeah. I think it'd be cool
0: if we did both. So I'll hold off on... Uh, a, a recommendation essentially yeah. but i will i'm gonna count barbie as my recommendation okay since yeah. i am the one who is putting this idea forward and kind of forcing you to go see two movies in the theaters in a short amount of time yeah so it's gonna be quick
1: and i got my son up here so that's where we're gonna get into the a little bit of derailment but i think think it should be okay if we just do those two yeah i mean i gotta fit it in i want to see Oppenheimer oppenheimer's the one that i'm like whatever that one i can i'm gonna get into see i'm just saying mm-hmm. about barbie so i'm gonna have to find a time that it's probably gonna be anyways i'm you're okay. selling on the pod we'll talk about it so
0: i will recommend barbie Perfect. is my recommendation and then we'll watch oppenheimer with it yes and that will be episode 51 of the neon crew podcast hey half century mark half century mark we're uh i don't know we're almost qualifying for aarp we're gonna get there (laughs) yeah in about another uh couple months a few months yeah Yeah. we'll 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 reach that point (laughs) uh and on that note thank you guys so much for listening to the neon crew podcast this was episode 50 uh if you don't want to be spoiled for barbie and oppenheimer be sure to check those movies out before episode 51 you can find this podcast on youtube spotify and apple podcasts we are also on facebook and youtube community page be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already and give us some good ratings on both spotify and apple podcasts i've noticed that we've gotten a few more five stars since our last episode so i was very thrilled about that if we can keep that going uh yonder window i'm looking at you (laughs) that would be epic as shit Uh, Be sure to comp some merch on our Etsy page. I'll include a link in the description. And Mac, what do we say to wrap this up?
1: (laughs) WWTHD. Bye, everyone.